Welcome, craft beer friends, to Season 6, Episode 20 of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer and home brewer from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How you doing tonight, Chris? And of course, what is in your glass? I'm doing really good tonight, Denny. I'm, I'm glad to hear, uh, hear your voice and get on here and talk to you about beer this evening. Um, but in my glass tonight, it was originally uh, a Cigar City beer. Uh, it's called Marshall Zukov's Double Double Envelopment, and I was really excited about this one because it was a uh, barrel aged uh, Imperial Stout. Because you know it's April, it's still Stout season. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, and I started drinking it, and there is a there's an off taste in there. <laughs> oh, so it's not a good one. And uh, part of me was just thinking, uh, is this just because I haven't really had a huge beer in quite a long time, and then. I let it warm up and I just tried it again. And yeah, there's a there's a rubber glove kind of flavor oh, to it. Okay. Band-aid kind of which sad to say, uh, uh, this came out of uh, one of their their bottle clubs, their barrel-aged bottle club. And uh, I think I'm going to be dumping this down the drain. Oh, man, that that's harsh. Yeah. So, I'm going to call that one a trash beer and I went and got myself another one. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I'm going to be drinking tonight uh, from Maine Beer Company, uh, their spring IPA. And, uh, man, I am glad I got two bottles of this because uh, I am really enjoying this beer. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Denny? How are you doing and what's in your glass this evening? Well, I'm doing great. Uh, I am drinking uh, a hazy IPA uh, from Grand Teton. Again, try and drink stuff that's local or at least idaho brewed trying to keep our our local breweries going and this is a, a beer that they brewed special for idaho craft beer month which is the month of april but hmm. it's been kind of a really bummer of a of a craft beer month because we you know we can't get out and do anything all the activities they had planned have all got canceled uh this year i won't get a glass unless they do like a a late beer month thing we can go to and have our pints pints up idaho Mm-hmm. Last night and get that that glass I've been collecting for the last three or four years, uh, but this one is uh, it was brewed just for that and it's called uh, the Land of Many Waters Hazy IPA and it's very good. I mean this is a, a I picked up a six pack of it so I'll be drinking a few of these and uh, I'm really enjoying it. Nice nice good hazy IPA, good tropical fruit flavors in there. Uh, so that's what I'm drinking. I'm doing well. I'm a little hot. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. nice and warm, like 67 or 70 degrees. Uh, the sun was out, a uh, beautiful day, but now I'm chatting with you, and I, before we get on too, too far, we do have some guests that I don't want to leave out, and I know they're just patiently waiting for us to go ahead and jump in and introduce them, and this is going to be a full house. This is the biggest show that we've had with as far as a host on here uh, ever. Six people are going to be on this show, so be prepared. So we have the Carlson and Kutzel family. We have... Tara and Jim and their daughters, Andale and Haven. So, who, Tara, why don't you go ahead and uh, say hi and let us know what you're drinking. Hi, I'm drinking, oh, this is Tara. <laughs> I'm drinking Ark and Dove IPA from Mully's Brewery. And that is a local brewery, um, our, our closest brewery until it, uh, one other one has just recently opened, mm-hmm. but when this first opened, you know, we would go and the beer would be mediocre and okay. the guy wasn't like really into beer. Well, now he's into beer and the beer's getting better and better. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that always helps when you're in the beer. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay, and that and that's a, a local brewery in Maryland, right? In, in your is it in your in hometown? Prince, no, it's in Prince Frederick, Maryland. It's okay. across the river in the next county. Okay. Okay, but that's the closest one to your house, or is it? No, there's one that just started recently, and I got my fingers crossed he's going to make it through this this special time. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's real small. <laughs> so he's just starting. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Well, enjoy that beer, and mm-hmm. while we go ahead and introduce the rest of the gang here, so Andell, why don't you go ahead and uh, you know say hi and let us know what you're drinking. Hi there. I am. I'm drinking Exposure, which is an Imperial IPA, which is 10%, which I realize is a lot right now because it's almost nine o'clock. <laughs> but I got it via a contactless uh, beer swap. So a lot of the breweries near me are delivering and they have crawlers and crawlers oh. is a lot to drink at 8.30 p.m. when you have school at in the morning. Yeah. Uh, we believe in you though. No, no. Yeah, yeah. But it's a crowd. A crowd. So instead I decided to go 10 percent as opposed to two fives. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's a good no, idea. You'll sleep well. <laughs> well, good. I'll enjoy that. And uh hopefully you have something you know, maybe you'll you'll transition into water or something a little lighter as we go. Because you know the show's gonna last, you know, at least an hour and a half, maybe two. But we're gonna try to keep it condensed and and not make it too long of a show. And so you can get some rest before tomorrow. Okay, so next, Haven. It's glad to have you on the show. We've heard so much about your beer, <laughs> quote, adventures, of, you know, beer unadventures. But uh, what are you drinking tonight? Um, well, I'm in Baltimore, so I have to have uh, Charm City Meadworks. Um, and I'm drinking their basil lemongrass. Okay. Yeah, so that, that I love basil and I love lemongrass and I, I love eating them in food and I like having them in ciders and beers. And uh, I but I haven't had a mead with that combination. Is it does the, the do those flavors help cut out some of the sweetness or does it still come across really sweet? Well, actually, so the thing I like about Charm City Meadworks is I've, a lot of meads I've had have been kind of like syrupy, mm-hmm. but there's there's a pretty pretty clear you know so i i so far i've yet to have any of their ciders that i thought was like unbearably sweet Mm -hmm. so this is just perfect okay well good well enjoy that is uh are you gonna be drinking uh a few of those or just just that one (laughs) this i i'm only planning on drinking this one okay that's okay that's okay you don't worry chris and i will and jim will probably will drink enough for all of you guys to combine i'm sure okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Hey, Jim, we didn't forget about you. You've been really quiet, but now it's your <laughs> turn to say hi and let us know what you're drinking. Yeah. Hi, uh, I'm drinking a Pilsner Urquell. I think that's how you pronounce yes. it. Uh, uh, last fall when we were over in uh, Europe, we went to uh, Prague for a little bit. And uh, this is one of their local beers, I guess. Uh, they claim this is the original Pilsner. And when I was over there uh, on draft local, uh, I was really impressed by it. And and I actually gave it a five, Mm -hmm. uh, which I don't give a whole lot of fives. Mm -hmm. But I'm drinking this as an import in a bottle. Uh, I might give this a four at best. Okay. 
it just doesn't translate. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It's it's uh, slightly skunky. It doesn't have the <laughs> the head. Um, and actually, I'm I'm looking at the label on the six pack, and it says here full disclosure. We almost stopped shipping to the U.S. because our delicately balanced beer was losing <laughs> quality on the way over. Yes, yes. Instead, we have the uh, transit time and started shipping in refrigerated containers. Okay. Um, but it's still not there. Yeah. Um, so uh, I wanted to just just for old time's sake uh, break some of these out. But uh, uh, you have to go there. Yes. Uh, so don't go by uh, what they ship over here. No, 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 for sure. Yeah, it's on my wish list. My to-do list is to get over there and, and try some some Pilsner Quell uh, in person, straight from the tap, if if possible, uh, from you know from the brewery. In the yeah, uh, and ask Tara about her experience with the the foam later. Oh yeah, on. yeah, oh, you yeah. get the I, milky I, one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I've got it all under control. I I know what to ask uh, Tara. Because I know that she was really excited about uh, visiting. Uh, spoilers. The, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> so don't worry, we'll, we'll get it. But hey, before we get too many spoilers, let me. What I like to do before we get too far into the show is let it all the new listeners that might be listening for the first time know what Tap to Craft podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist our listeners along in their craft beer journeys and adventures. And you're listening to episode 150. Wow, Chris, it's 150 already. That's a that's a lot of shows. These numbers are ticking by very yeah, quickly. Yeah, we're almost at the end of our sixth sixth season, sixth year. That's that's incredible. And uh, we're recording tonight, Sunday, April 19th, 2020. And in this episode, we are going to learn about Tara Annandale's and also maybe Haven's craft beer journeys. And we're even going to find out maybe why Haven hates beer so much, as well as discuss <laughs> their European beer tourism experiences. And of course, you can count on us having some great conversation along the way. So let's get this conversation started, and let's, uh, let's do it by asking Tara and Dale and Haven about their craft beer journey. So I'll start it off, and then I'll let Chris ask a couple questions. But first couple questions... Uh, and, and first, we'll start with, here's how we're going to do this. I'll start with Tara, and then we'll go down to Andel, and then we'll go to Haven. I, I assume that's the, uh, that's the age. I mean, the mom and the daughters <laughs> and the daughters and the daughter's age, is, you know. So, mm -hmm. Haven, I'm sorry. You're going you're gonna, you're gonna to be the last, last one. Is that okay? I, th I think that's fair, considering my tastes. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I always like to find out how people start their craft beer journeys, and that start usually occurs with the first time that they actually try a craft beer. So, Tara, when was do you remember the first time you tried a craft beer and what the experience was? Was it something that you that you enjoyed, or was it something that you're like, no, nah, this is not for me? But then later on, you acquired the taste. I am thinking the first time I can think of a non-big beer that I drank mm -hmm. was the Weeping Radish in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And this is like, I don't know, 40 years ago, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I mean, they've been around for a long time, but they it was German style. And so it wasn't that different. Um, 
fast forward, uh, I don't know, 20 years. <laughs> and um, I was in, uh, in Sydney, Australia, oh. and Jim was working. So I had the days to myself, and I used to hang out at Lord Nelson's pub. Oh. And uh, my favorite was Nelson's Blood, <laughs> just by the name. Yes. But it's still, but I still, it was just beer. And then Jim had a uh, a job in Nottingham, England, and mm-hmm. I went to ye old trip to Jerusalem pub oh. that used to serve the Crusaders, and that was really fun. But it was still just beer. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jim had a job in Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, okay. And we were staying, I forget, uh, the Renaissance. And the Renaissance was over top of City Steam, which served food and made their own beer. And I had a beer there named Chet Baker. Oh. And I looked. I looked it up. It said it was an experimental West Coast cool jazz inspired IPA, <laughs> and that grapefruit finish mm-hmm. that sold me. Oh, yeah. And then I was hooked. Okay, okay. So that that's pretty much your introductory to craft beer was when you had that IPA, right? Because that was really something that was different, or maybe the maybe when you had that uh, that Nelson's Blood. Uh, beer that might have been was that uh, what what style was that do you remember well see now i looked that up too because my as i recall it was you know a deep red so i was thinking it was some kind of you know amber or or some kind of red ale but it was a porter actually (laughs) wow that's an odd name for a porter (laughs) okay i could have sworn it was red but yeah okay memories so, so we'll say that the first introductory into craft beer truly was probably in Connecticut when you had that IPA and that West Coast IPA, and you really, you really, when you drank it, it was like nothing you ever had before. When you had that grapefruit yes. character, right? It really just like popped. And you know what? That's similar to my experience. I I had craft beer, you know, being in, in from Oregon and in uh, living in Washington State, you know, during my my early years of of beer drinking. I was exposed to a lot of craft beer, and so I had the the, the black tea porters and the and, uh, the ESBs and the Alaskan ambers and and all that stuff. But it, honestly, I think what really uh, blew my socks off was my first IPA too, because it was so much different than anything else that we ever tasted. So it's it seems like that's a good uh, a good memory for for how craft beer has you know, has affected us over, over time. So, all right, that's a great, that's a great story. And of course that beer now, I mean, they stopped making it years ago, Mm -hmm. but in our, our uh, legends of the Carlson Kudzel, it has (laughs) mythic proportions. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, let's, let's find out uh, with Andel what the same, same questions. Do you remember, I mean, growing up, with the parents that you have, I'm sure that they provided you with a couple sips here and there uh, to try some craft beer. But what, what was your, what would you say was your first real experience uh, of, of craft beer? Well, we didn't drink as much as you think we did under age. <laughs> <laughs> so our big one is we took a 4th of July slash Canada tra- day trip to Ottawa as a family. And since I was 20 at the time, I was able to drink. <laughs> 
Oh, wow. So we were able, um, we went to this really fancy um, brew pub, which had like 18 beers on tap. And then me and my mom shared an 18 beer sampler. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then this is another Carlson Kudzel, um story is that at the same time they had a really fancy lemonade because haven was like in her mid-teens at the time mm -hmm. and it had a, like 16 yeah <laughs> that's mid <laughs> almost exactly and um and how many layers did it have haven so it has three really layers <laughs> and they're all and then before haven like could lemons. even take a sip it was like lemon lime and orange lemonade oh and it was beautiful and then before Haven could take a sip, my dad took the lemonade and stirred it up. <laughs> <laughs> so then, then how was it? <laughs> but that trip really led, because it was like a lot of interesting beers. Mm -hmm. So that's where I really fall into. I either like a New England IPA or like a stout, or I like a really weird thing. Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of interesting stuff like um, lemon beers, or no, lemon tea beers. Mm. And like spicy beers. Yeah. But that's that's more the start. Okay, well, you know that's a that's a great start. I mean, you got to start officially before you were twenty one because you were in Canada and it was legal, so that's you didn't break any laws. Um, but uh, but good. I mean, um, yeah, it's interesting because I I don't know. I, I guess I was raised a little bit different. I I, I think I went to my first keg uh, party when I was thirteen. Um, <laughs> So my, you know, I was it was a little bit more lax in, in my household, but with my kids, I was a little bit more. I, I wouldn't say, I, I well, let's just say I'd never had a kegger with my kids before. So I guess that's one thing. But uh, but I would, you know, I drank, you know, often, you know, I drank, uh, you know, throughout my kids being raised, and I would give them, you know, they'd ask for a sip. So what I would do is uh, I would I would give them a sip of the beer that you know, that was bitter, right? IPA or whatever. And, and I'd kind of wait until it got to the last little bit of it where it kind of got warm. So it was like super like bitter and, and hard to drink. And I let them have a sip of that. And then when they had their face would all just be, you know, wrinkled up and, and, you know, hating it. I knew that I was safe, that they weren't going to go out and be drinking beer, uh, you know, without me being around because they didn't really like it. Now that kind of worked for the most part, but my, my son, he's still not a big beer drinker. He'll have a beer with me here and there, but he's, he's not a big drinker overall. But my daughter, uh, she's the opposite. She's just like me. She loves beer. And, uh, I, even though I tried to turn her away from it, uh, I think I, I failed. She, she's a, <laughs> as big of a craft beer nut as I am. So I, that's good. Okay. Well, thank you for that story. I like that story about going up to Canada and, uh, drinking 18 samplers with your mom. That's a great, that's a great start. That's a great, great way to bond with your mom. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Haven, it's your time. It's your turn. Now we learned that uh, you know your dad ruined your lemonade in Canada. But was there another experience? Uh, you know, I know that you don't like craft beer. So tell no, me okay, the first time you had craft beer. It's not just craft beer. beer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So there is jumping off of what you were talking about with your kids, mm -hmm. there's a long running joke between me and my dad because he would always, when I was like, even while growing up, he would always, he'd be drinking like a, a chocolate stout and he'll always say, ah, oh, this tastes exactly like a chocolate milkshake. And I'd get all excited <laughs> and I'd take a sip and it was so gross. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so is that what happened? Is your dad tricked you and then it just ruined you for life? No, no it's just I think beer tastes bitter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I don't I can't even drink like black coffee because of how bitter it is. Oh, okay. Okay, so you don't like bitter things, but there's uh there's a lot of beer styles that, you know, don't come across bitter or uh you know, with with a lot of hops that uh, that or even stouts that come off bitter. You can you know, are you okay with some of the hazy IPAs that don't really that have more of a softer finish without that that bitter thing? Or I, just... um, I don't know if I've ever had a hazy IPA. Oh, oh, okay. Well, you know what? I think you're. Yes, you How have. How could him. that be? <laughs> Maybe I have, and I just don't remember. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we'll start with that. Okay. So, so what is? So you didn't. You started off drinking a few sips of your dad's beer because, you know, he tricked you and then uh, you didn't like it. Then when you got to of age to to start drinking for real, did you mm-hmm. go back and try, you know, uh, beers? Or did you already know in your mind you didn't really like beer and you wanted to go ahead and, and try some, some other stuff and then kind of gravitated towards ciders and meads? Well, I kind of got spoiled um, when on my 21st birthday, Endel took me out to like these really, really nice bars in Baltimore. And we had like these really nice cocktails. So I think she set me up for that. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So Chris, I think we've, we've kind of, uh, we've already talked about Jim. So Jim, you're, I'm sorry. You're kind of, if you have anything to, to throw in as we're doing this, you can throw in some tidbits of stuff that, that, that they're not saying, but, uh, uh, well, one thing I might bring up, especially with Haven, uh, we have gone to, uh, places where she's tried some of the sours and I think coming from like the cider end of things, mm-hmm. uh, she finds some of the sours or the ghosts uh, at least interesting or palatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, tolerable. Tolerable. <laughs> well, Haven, I think I think you, there were a few recently even that we had that you know, it seemed like you were enjoying. Yeah. Like um, when we were at um, Checker Spot, um, which is in Baltimore, I remember I had... I had like a stone fruit thing. I think that was pretty good. Yeah, stone fruit. Yeah, stone fruit has a, a nice mellow, you know, not too fruity, not and definitely no bitterness to it. It's that's yeah, nice. Okay, so Chris, why don't you go in the next couple questions? All right. So, and I think uh, I, I'm going to kind of take the opposite approach and say the first person that can come up with an answer for this question, I say go right ahead and answer okay. because uh, we want to know if you have a gateway beer or a beer that you would recommend to somebody who's just new to craft beer. <laughs> so no, it's crickets. Everyone's crickets. <laughs> well, you know, I don't have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get someone drunk Greylock from greater good. Okay. <laughs> I haven't heard of that one. Is that uh, what kind of beer is that? Uh, it's a, it's like a triple IPA. It's like over 10%, oh. but it tastes like nothing. Ah, like okay. you could easily get hammered. Okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, I didn't hear that. Uh, I got a glitch or something. What, what was that you were recommending? Greylock from greater good. Oh yeah. Oh, great. Oh, I love Greylock. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? 12% or something like that. 
Yeah, that's but, a lot. But it tastes like it's uh, four or five. It really does. So you got to be real careful when yeah. you're drinking that. One of those sneaky ones. Yeah, real sneaky. So, so anybody else, Tara? Do you have a gateway beer you might recommend to someone? That Chet Baker. If they'd ever start making it again. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. That, that was your, I mean, it was your gateway beer. So I guess it could be everyone's gateway. Yeah. Beer. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, this is, I think this is going to just kind of, again, be answer as you come up with a, a response, but do you have a favorite beer style or a least favorite uh, English? Come on. Mm-hmm. I can do it here. Uh, do you have a favorite beer style or a least favorite beer style? When we stray away from the IPAs, <laughs> I love a smoked porter. I, I know that was so. I didn't realize that you enjoyed smoked porters until mm-hmm. a, a couple months ago, when we saw you really enjoyed uh, a smoked porter that you, that you you checked into. So, what what makes you enjoy and, smoked porter so much? I don't know. It reminds me of. Um, I guess the very first one I had was uh, named like S'mores or something. Okay. So it just put it in my mind of, you know, in my youth and we'd go camping with my Mm -hmm. family and sitting around the campfire. I I don't know. And also you don't find them very often. Yeah. So it's always like a special treat when you see them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Cause it's, cause most people would say that that smoked beers might be the their least favorite style. I mean, I it used to be my least favorite style. I would say was probably smoked beers, and and I've actually in the last year or a year and a half, maybe two years, I lose track of time as as the ages start ticking away. Uh, I, I found that I am really enjoying some more smoked beers, and I and I wonder if it's because breweries that are doing smoked beers now they aren't going extreme with that smoke character because you know early on when i would when i would try some of the hair of the dog beers out of portland they were really famous for some of their whacked out weird beers and one of them had this really strong artificial smoke flavor to it and and i drank the beer and i just wanted to gag and from that point on i was like i'm not drinking smoked beers it tastes like i'm drinking a you know some imitation hickory smoke flavor added into the into the beer but I have had, especially recently, I've had a lot of really well done smoked beers that they just add just a hint of that smokiness at the finish and not, you know, overwhelm it and it, and it not taste artificial also. So that's good. That's good. Yeah, just don't add vanilla to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that the secret? Our bourbon. <laughs> Our bourbon. bourbon. <laughs> this is, Jim, this is speaking from experience of, of a homebrew. <laughs> No, I just don't like vanilla or oh, bourbon in beer. Okay. Has no place in beer. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. So uh, no no one else has uh has a least favorite style you want to talk about. Besides Haven, we know every every style is, is least, but uh <laughs> my favorite style is spicy beers, like oh. hot and spicy. Like, like Ballast beers? Point had a habanero IPA sculpin uh-huh. a couple years ago. And I've never been able to get anything that painful ever since. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I've had that. It is painful. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a big pepper beer fan. But uh, okay. So when you last year was it last year or maybe year before? I lose again. Lose track of time. You spent some time in in Phoenix, right, Arizona? 
Yeah, that was last year about this time. Okay. My phone keeps reminding me of places. Ah, okay. Did you, you know, being in a, in a southern, uh, you know, southwestern state, uh, you would think that there might be an opportunity for you to get a lot of different pepper or, or chili beers. Did you experience any of those type of beers while you were down there that you, that you enjoyed? Or do you um, remember? Not in the Phoenix area, but Flagstaff has an amazing um, microbrewery scene. Okay. And they always have very interesting, not very like kind of bland and more like um, commercialized flavors. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. That's nice to know because, again, uh, it sounds like that you guys like some styles that aren't mainstream styles that, that everyone likes, right? Because, again, if I were to pick one style that I, I would have to sit, you know, right now that I don't really prefer, it's anything with chilies <laughs> or peppers in it because it ends up, it tastes good like for the first couple of sips. And then I end up, you know, having heartburn and, and I burp it up the rest of the night and, or the next day when I'm, you know, when I, when I may have one too many drinks and I'm sweating out those peppers out of my <laughs> pores, that's always a, a bad after, after night of drinking. But, uh, okay. All right. What uh, did I leave off? Uh, oh, you guys have already, uh, you know, told us a couple beer stories. Uh, so you may, you know, I don't know how many stories you guys have, but one of the questions I had on here is, do you have a, do you have any good beer drinking stories? And again, you guys already had a couple good ones. Is there any other stories that, that you might find, uh, we might find interesting to hear about? I'd like to talk about the early days of Jim's home brewing. Okay. So this isn't really about drinking beer. This is about making beer. Oh, that's okay. So when he first started, like, he would need me to do the timer or stir or hold the strainer <laughs> while he poured stuff. Oh, yeah. And then when it came time to bottle, you know, oh, the whole family had to come together and mm -hmm. we all had to do it together. And I love the bottling part. I love that. <laughs> Everybody in the family was there doing only the same you. thing. Yes, and it was only me. So, then one Christmas, I bought Jim a big strainer, a couple other things. <laughs> he didn't need me at all oh, to do no. the brewing. Oh, you got you <laughs> and got then he went out. <laughs> went to the keg system. No bottling whatsoever. I had to drown my sorrows in his beer. Oh, well, you know, at least it was a bonus. At least you got to enjoy the beer without the yep. work. But, uh, but there's bonding. I mean, there is some bonding that goes on with that whole process. And, in fact, you mentioned that not only was it you and Jim bonding, it was the whole family bonding when they all, you guys all came together to go ahead and, and prepare those bottles and, you know, get the siphon ready and then make sure, you, you know, everything's clean and you have the assembly line going through and, and I'm, I'm sure the girls, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys didn't appreciate that as much as Jim and Tara did, did you? Well, see, with my brother and my sister, at least they enjoyed the uh, output mm -hmm. of all this work. <laughs> I wasn't drinking that. <laughs> oh, dang. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait see, is it, is it really bonding if it's only going in one direction? Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. I think more like equated beer with labor and so that kind of set me off yeah. like delayed my liking of beer uh, okay okay yeah child labor yeah <laughs> so jim when did you start homebrewing how, how many years ago 
gosh, I don't even re- remember. Terra, how long? Terra is my uh, my uh, database. Okay. Uh, how long do you think it's been? Eight years. Well, how old was Haven? Think of I that. <laughs> Maybe ten. It could be as long know. as ten. <laughs> what do you think, Haven? I don't. I don't know. I feel like I remember doing it in like at least <laughs> like high school. All right, maybe well, she's a, that know. would have been maybe I mean, uh, seven, eight years. Wait, Adele, did you do it in high so school? These, yeah. These oh, well, kids were young enough that I could still order them around to get them to help <laughs> yeah. bottle. So yeah, I guess it could be ten years. <laughs> okay. Could be could be ten years. Yeah, and I and I just got started. I don't. How did I get started? Oh, uh, one of our nephews uh, showed up at a family gathering with some. A beer that he had made and bottled, and uh, you know, I was tasting. I said, you know, hey, this is pretty good. <clears throat> and uh, he said, well, you know, I made it myself, and you know, da 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 da. And mm-hmm. we we were, you know, I like to drink beer, oh, so yeah. uh, we we you know we went off in the corner, and we we're all talking about the beer making process and all of that. So, uh, um, and one day I just decided, well, let's let's go do it, and I just went to a local store, picked up. Uh, a basic kit for under a hundred bucks and uh, you know, of all of the equipment buckets mm-hmm. and you know, whatever, and uh, started making beer. There you go. <laughs> and it went on from there. Okay. Awesome. I, I have some home brewing questions that I want to ask you, but I think we'll have we'll to save it for another show when we have you on because, because we have so many people, if we get, if we get sidetracked and talking uh, about your homebrew stuff, then, you know, it, it could last for like three or four hours. So uh, keep that in mind. I'll have you back on in, in a little bit, uh, to, you know, to talk about homebrewing. Is that, is that okay with you, Jim? Oh, no, no problem. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's keep the focus on the women uh, because who knows if they'll even want to come back later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, Chris, uh, why don't you finish them off with your favorite uh, questions you'd like to ask? All right. Well, my second one's going to be my favorite okay. one. But uh, if you were to, if you were able to name a beer, what would you call it? And and the style that it would be. Oh yeah, and the style. Yeah, I like to. This is a question I just love a- asking because everyone usually has some idea of of a beer that they, you know, that that a style they enjoy and a, a beer name that they think would go well with it. And I'm a sucker for beer puns and, uh, yeah. you know, beer naming puns and stuff. So, um, you guys ha- ever thought about that? I know Jim came prepared when he was on the show. Did you guys come prepared? Now I would probably name it after this environmental cult that I'm a <laughs> member of. So it would have to do something with the Madam woman. It's a, you know, watershed, advocacy group okay and i and i would have probably all the labels would have all my you know my liberal slogans <laughs> on it war is not the answer you know <laughs> wait how are how are you gonna bring that are you just gonna name it mad woman or what well what do, what do you got <laughs> I have time. I haven't started my brewery yet. <laughs> you mean about all the different flora and fauna that we care about? We could name it. Hipsiswa. 
No, we name it the long beer for Jim oh, Long, okay. the old cult leader. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you guys not named any of Jim's beers that he's brewed? Or does Jim name them all? No. No? At my yeah, high school graduation, I had two beers. What were they, Dad? You want me to remember that far back? <laughs> <laughs> I I have no idea. Never mind. Well, okay. you, well, <laughs> I I have uh, this chalkboard that's up on the wall. I have four taps, and uh, so I I write them down on the chalkboard. What's what beer is uh, currently uh, on tap? And uh, I don't give them fancy names. I just use the generic names so that when you look at whatever it is, you you have a decent idea of uh, what's going to be coming out of the tap. Okay. But I don't give I, them fancy names. I do have a beer name, but oh, it's okay. going to make mom embarrassed. Okay. Yes. So, we, you know how pizza goes so well, um, so well with beer? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, what I would name a good hazy IPA, but I would name it my pizza came too fast. <laughs> after this time, <laughs> after this time uh, we, we went to like a brick oven pizza place. You know how quick it is to bake it when you have like a 500 degree oven. Oh, yeah. It mm-hmm. takes like less than a few minutes. Yeah. And she was really upset because our pizza came in under five minutes after ordering it. And she was worried we got someone else's pizza that they rejected. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. My pizza came too fast. Yes, I like that. I like that one. It's a catchphrase we use all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good one that's a good one all right hey, and in what in which oh. context would you use it oh that, that might be too much when someone <laughs> is complaining unreasonably about a situation <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, so their pizza must have came too fast that's it awesome <laughs> you feel free to use it there's Thank also you. there's also my chair doesn't roll very well on this carpet it served the same purpose <laughs> that one makes a little more sense <laughs> i guess that guy's chair doesn't roll real good on the carpet huh okay so should i name this episode my pizza came too fast is that uh... Uh, yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, Chris, why don't you go ahead and finish off with your favorite uh, question? All right. So if you're going to rate your beers, how do you do it? Is it, over, is it by overall enjoyment or is it by specific style? So when I, I've been bullied to make an account on untapped and to uh, add reviews to it and it gets really hard for me personally to do it because i don't like it Mm -hmm. so my mom will usually just say if it's under what is it a a two then just don't review it at all or something is that what you say mom (laughs) yeah or you could check it in if you're keeping it right i just just don't give it a rating yeah right so like when it comes to like reviewing beers it's it's i don't know it's weird Especially because I don't know what the styles are. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if a, I don't know if a ghost is supposed to taste like this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I usually do it. There's usually a lot of extraneous things that go into my rating. If I'm having a good time, mm-hmm. if there's beautiful can art. Um, so the overall enjoyment. And even in spite of all this education I've been getting from this podcast, <laughs> when I'm drinking the beer, I don't remember what the styles okay. are. Yes. But but 
just lately I've come to, I think, uh, sort of a conclusion is that if a beer is really good, but it no longer tastes like beer, I'm not going to give that a good rating anymore. Like, you know, some beers are taste like orange juice, yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, I could be drinking orange juice. <laughs> you I, know? I, I'll give that one a five star. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> so so I, I guess I'm getting a little testier. I want my beer to somewhat resemble beer. Okay. All right. That, that I'll accept that. Yeah, you can't really argue that because that's um, I've been kind of doing the same thing lately too. Especially if I, since I cracked open this giant barrel aged thing and I hate it. So yeah, <laughs> did you actually rate it or did you just say it was bad? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little, I'm gonna do a little research first. I still have it in front of me. I'm still trying it. Um, you know, just letting it warm up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's I don't know, and I hate to dump them because. You know, spent a fair amount of money on. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay. But even now that it's room temperature, there's still like that that band aid flavor in yeah, there. That, yeah, that. Can you make beer bread out of it? I uh, so here's the thing. So when I went to culinary school, I would never use ingredients that I wouldn't consume by themselves. <laughs> that was always one of my biggest one of my biggest gripes um, with with doing certain things is that if I wasn't going to eat that ingredient separately then I didn't want to use it in the food that I made. Okay. That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the thing is, Chris, is that you would normally have drank this beer if it didn't have an off flavor, but maybe if you cooked it, well, you know what? Most likely you might magnify yeah, the you're off mag- flavor. Yeah. You're going to magnify the off flavor. And then now you're, yeah, yeah that's true. Now you're And actually the, the chef that I learned that from, was uh, at the Milton Inn in Hunt Valley, Maryland. Oh, hmm. Is that is that still open? I believe it is. It's a fine dining establishment. It's actually up near Chad Lamasa. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I did my uh, culinary school internship there. Nice. Like uh, I was such an ass. <laughs> <laughs> next, next we normally talk about our new and noteworthy beers. Uh, I only have two on my list, uh, both, and I'm only going to, I'm going to talk about them real briefly because, but I want to talk about them because I don't want to forget about these because they're, they were kind of special. Uh, the first beer I, I'm going to talk about real quick is from off color brewing. It's called their bear, bear sati. And then bear is like bears and like bare feet. And then the other bear is like bear, like the grizzly bear. And this is a sati. And I never had 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 a sati style beer before. And a sati is a Finnish style beer. Uh, I kind of wrote down some notes here on what a sati is. It's a finished beer made from malted and unmalted grains, including barley, rye, and oats. Traditionally, the beer is flavored with juniper in addition to or instead of hops. The mash is filtered through juniper twigs into a, a trough-shaped or trough-shaped tun uh, called a kerna in Finnish. I think that's how you say it. Uh, sati is top fermented and many have a banana flavor due to the ice, isomel acetate from the use of baking yeast, although the ale yeast may also be used in fermenting. The end product is a cloudy beer with the phenolic flavors and distinct tastes similar to banana, balanced by the bitterness from the juniper branches. The carbonation levels tend to be very low. And this sati was also was made with rye malts and juniper berries, but they also used nugget 
hops in it. And I'll tell you what, this beer was actually really good. Uh, being my first sati, I don't know really, again, because I rate kind of how, you know, by style and in, in my enjoyment of that style. Um, I never had one before, so this is my first take on it. I liked the mouthfeel was, was uh, you know, pretty uh, heavy, thick, uh, smooth, creamy. Uh, the flavor was really good. I love rye, and I love uh, juniper, so those two flavors worked really well together. I gave it a three and three quarters uh, rating. Has anyone else had a sati beer, a Finnish farmhouse ale? Not that I can recall. That does sound really good, though. Yeah, yeah, it, it's actually really good, and it doesn't have uh, bitterness to it, right? The, it's really, it's not. Here's the cool thing: it does have those like a like a farmhouse ale spiciness to it, especially with that rye in there. It doesn't, even though it has hops in it. it the hops were only used to give it flavor, not to give it bitterness. Uh, the bitterness was like really mellow, but it finished dry, so it didn't wasn't overly sweet. Uh, it had a nice smooth finish, and I think that someone that doesn't necessarily like the taste of beer would enjoy this this style of beer because it was really enjoyable. Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge gin fan, so that sounds up my alley. Oh yeah, me too. I I love gin, and and uh, the more juniper in it, the better I like it. <laughs> there's a there's a bar um in Baltimore called Dutch Courage that's like a gin based bar, and they've been supplying me with bottled cocktails during this whole lockdown and i'm set oh nice <laughs> okay you're breaking in one of those next then right you're gonna pop that uh top <laughs> <laughs> no okay all right so that's the first beer I, I again i wanted to just bring that out because uh it's something unique that i haven't you know haven't talked about i don't think a lot of people have had a lot of sati beers and the second beer i'm going to talk about only because it's from a, a country that i've never had a beer from before um it's from uh, Caracal, uh, it's called Black Camel Spider Imperial Porter, and it's made with Gen- uh, Jord- uh, Jordanian dates and Bedouin coffee roasted with cardamom. And uh, it's, a, you know, as you can tell from the name, this beer was brewed in Jordan. I've never had a beer brewed in the country of Jordan before, and it actually was pretty good. Now, again, I'm... Uh, I didn't rate it in based on the fact that, you know, of a Jordan beer. I rated it in the fact that it's an Imperial Porter and I'm a huge Porter fan. So I really rate Porters, you know, pretty strictly in my enjoyment because I've had a lot of good Porters. I, I only gave it a three and a half rating, which is not bad. Um, but, but you know what? I thought it was a, a very well done beer. And, uh, you know, I might try a, a couple more of these beers from, from Jordan because I thought they did a pretty good job. Has anyone had a beer from Jordan before? No, all right. There's two two things that I uh, unique that I got to share this uh, this week. Okay, Chris, you got a couple you want to talk about real quick? Yeah, I had uh, I had three. The first one uh, is from a place called Shram's Mead up in Michigan. It's called the Statement, and it was a honey wine and sour cherry mead that uh, I was given by my buddy Leon, and oh, okay. Leon uh, gave me a bottle of that and. Um, it was definitely a little on the sweeter side, but it was super, super smooth. Like it had an actual cherry flavor that wasn't medicinal or cough syrupy oh, yeah. or anything nice. like that. And um, it was definitely on the fruity sweet side, but it, it disappeared pretty quickly for a 14% mead. So <clears throat> I actually gave that one a, a five cap rating. And surprisingly, I don't really 
I don't really go for meads and stuff like that because they are, they tend to be a little on the sweet side. Yeah. And eh, a little bit's good, but not a 375 milliliter bottle that I had was, was great. <laughs> I, like, it was, it was weird because I couldn't keep, I couldn't drink enough of it. Like I, I continued to want it more and more and more. And then the bottle was gone and then I was sad. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, five caps for that one. Um, and I do know Shrams, they put out some amazing stuff. If anybody can get their, uh, get the stuff that they put out. Okay. Uh, the next one is going to be from here locally from Coppertail Brewing Company here in Tampa. Um, they're Hop Skull Number Nine. And this by far has been probably one of my favorite IPAs this year, maybe in the last couple of years. Um, it was, it was really quick on the bitterness in the in the beginning of the beer, and then it was just all those really wonderful tropical and citrus fruit flavors, and it was really smooth. There was no like hot burn at the end or just lingering bitterness or anything. And it, it, for an eight percent beer, that one disappeared rather quickly too. Oh, uh, nice. And then uh, so I gave that one four and a half caps at Hopskull number nine, and that's a different that's a series of beers that they put out. Uh, Hopskull, so number nine being the ninth one that they've put out. Um, Kind of sad that I didn't get to try the other ones. And then last, this is a beer that I've had uh, numerous times, but I wanted to bring it up again just because, well, it is a really solid beer. And then you and John were talking about it on the last episode <laughs> was was Bodie from Columbus Brewing. And uh, Bodie is a double IPA um, that used to be so sought after. And I think Denny, you and John talked about it a little, but mm-hmm. it was so sought after you could only initially get it at the brewery. And then it turned into you could get it at the brewery, and then they were bottling it a little bit and distributing just outside of Columbus a little. And then occasionally a bottle would show up near us in, in the Akron area. And uh, one time our local beer place slash grocery store uh, got a keg of it, and I tried it, and I absolutely loved it. And then it went from that, I don't know, five, six years ago to you and John talking about, yeah, you just go pick up a six pack at the grocery store of it mm-hmm. now. And I, and I thought, now I have to get it. Uh, so I grabbed a hold of it when we were uh, when we were down in Ohio or up in Ohio. <laughs> and uh, it was pleasantly supply, surprised that it is still as good today as it was when I had it, you know, a few years back and gave that one a four cap rating uh, on Untapped for that one. Nice, nice. Did you bring a four pack or six pack back with you? So I bought a six pack while I was at the store, uh, and then had one or two. Uh, had I had one, and my brother in law had one, and then I took the other four back for when we did our uh, our Zoom meeting mm-hmm. and drank all four of them. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. gotcha. That was a that was a fun night. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Now. Uh, did did anyone have any noteworthy beers that they wanted to talk about, or do you want to move on to? Because so we don't get too lengthy. If you guys have something you want to talk about, I'm more than happy to. Well, share. I have um, I have one from our little trip to Long Island City. Okay, but I I don't know if we're going. All right. Yeah, let's talk about mm-hmm. it. So so Tara, uh, let's talk about uh, a, you know briefly about a trip that you guys took at the beginning of this pandemic. And when I learned that you guys were going to Long Island, New York City proper, I was just like, my heart was like pounding. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going right into the, the center of, of like the worst spot to go to right now for this coronavirus. But uh, obviously you guys made it out okay because you guys are still, you know, you're on the air 
you're not in the hospital or you didn't get sick, so that's good. So uh, tell us about the trip and, and, this, and maybe a, the beer that you uh, really enjoyed. It would, I mean, for one thing, the trip was very interesting because it was right at the beginning and it wasn't, at least I didn't know that Queens was going to be the epicenter. We mm-hmm. thought we were doing good <laughs> being out in Queens <laughs> and not in Manhattan. Okay. But they did, um, there's a nice little brewery scene there. And my favorite brewery was Iconic Brewing Company. Okay. And they had a lemon drop Pilsner, which was the best Pilsner that I've had outside of Prague. Ah. And I don't I don't have many beer words, so I can't describe it, <laughs> but it was just good. But part of it was um the one of the owners was there tending the bar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you got to talk about it, talk with him and learn about the history of the place. And with these four friends that have been friends since elementary school. And their first place where they had this brewery was like a block from the playground where they all met. Oh. (laughs) So then in the last year, they moved to this location in Long Island City and... Everything was kind of building, and he was like, and we think this is the year we're going to be able to quit our day job. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. And so I think about him. I think about him yeah. all the time. <laughs> and I hope it still comes true. Yeah. But they, all their beers were really, really good. And just a lovely atmosphere at the place. And you could tell a lot of return customers and you know it was like local people Mm -hmm. it just was a great place yeah iconic i-c-o-n-y-c which i had such a hard time figuring out how to call to name it but Ah, he explained it to me yeah no no no. it's very very creative (laughs) i like that yeah yeah okay well good yeah and, and and i will second tara on that uh uh I rated four beers at that place and they were all uh, the lowest rating I got was four and a quarter. Mm. And I actually gave one a five. Oh my which, goodness. Yes. I think that was the only five on that whole trip. Uh, and I don't know, I must've had 20 beers on that trip and uh, at least in uh, <laughs> So what was the five? That could be your noteworthy beer. <laughs> uh, it's called Down by Law. It was a, actually it was a session IPA. And I'm uh, looking at my notes and uh, it's a, a session IPA that could pass as a full IPA. Uh, and, and I remember that the, the aroma was there. The flavor was there. You know, you, you get a lot of session IPAs and, uh, you know, maybe you do get that full aroma, but, uh, you know, when after you start drinking it, it tastes a little watery mm-hmm. and you can tell, well, yeah, it's not really a yeah. full IPA. Yeah. Uh, if somebody gave me this and said it was a full IPA, I would believe them. Uh, it, 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 uh, it was one of the few that could actually pass as a full IPA. Um, very flavorful and uh, satisfying as it's, as it's going down. Okay, good. Good. Now, <clears throat> did all four of you go on this trip or was it just three of you? No, just me and Tara. Oh, just the two of you. Oh, wow. Okay. But all right. But here's the thing that was really foolish is we met the girls at the Guinness 
what is that called, girls? The brewery, their brewery, the Guinness. Yeah, the brewery, brewery outside of Baltimore. Baltimore mm-hmm. Yeah. The night, you know, before we went out on the train. Yeah. And yeah, there were a lot of people there. <laughs> <laughs> that- and the next day, the governor. Shut the place down. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's why I thought you guys might have all gone, because I think I remember seeing a photo uh, when you guys were at that at the uh, Guinness Brewery. So I thought, well, maybe you guys all went to this trip. So Yeah, and the at- original plan was for Endel and I to go up to Boston. So we were meeting up the night before we all went our separate ways, but we, we had canceled our trip. Okay, okay. You yeah, you were smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were the smart ones. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and it, it and was it turned kind of exciting to watch it all play out as each day more and more things shut down. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah that was an interesting uh, progression. As we were driving, that was on a Thursday. We were driving to Baltimore to meet the girls at the uh, the Guinness uh, Brewery. Uh, we were listening on the radio that. Uh, uh, flying dog had shut down their uh, tasting room mm. which is not a big deal for them because that's just a very minor part of what they do mm-hmm. so yeah you know, we didn't pay that much mind so then we went to this uh thing in uh at uh in baltimore at guinness and you could see just outside they were all set up for saint patrick's day they had oh, the tents the stage yeah, uh, yeah. but at that point the governor of maryland said no uh, gatherings greater than 250 people. Um, of course, by then they had shut down all the sports, uh, and the, in New York city, the plays were shut down. I think, uh, I think, uh, uh, prior to that day, it was like 500 people was the max. But then when we got there, uh, it came down to 250. And like Tara was saying, every single day it was getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And after we had gone to New York City, uh, the day we left, they finally shut down all the restaurants and the bars and all. So we got out there just in the nick of time. Uh, <laughs> well, the timing was good and it worked out. So, mm-hmm. so I'll let it pass this time. But next time, don't give me <laughs> such a heart attack. I literally was like worried about you guys the whole time. I'm like, oh, what are you? What are they doing? <laughs> yeah, imagine how we felt. Yeah. I had to bargain for the last thing of hand sanitizer and work <laughs> to donate to them. That's that's true. Ter- Tara did fill me in after you know that that hey they used plenty of hand sanitizer and uh, yeah so I, you guys were very safe. Make sure that uh, you know that you you followed all the rules, but still. And just- the breweries were doing everything they could. They had hand sanitizer out. They would have their big bay doors open to have more air circulation. So they were they were rare, but they're you know just trying to, to yeah, hold and on. They, and they kept separation. And then like the last the last day that they were open, they would not do flights. Yeah. Uh, so it seemed like every single day the, the noose was getting a little tighter and tighter and tighter. And in one way, I guess it was kind of interesting just to see how it all played out. Um, I can say that now, but uh, yeah. uh, we, we stayed in the house for 14 days after we got back. Okay, because good. as soon as we got back, it, that the word went out. If you were in New York City, mm-hmm. quarantine yourself for 14 days. Yeah, yeah. And we did that and it, it 
uh, worked out. So that's how the uh, the very first coronavirus uh, person here in, in Idaho uh, that got tested and, and was positive actually had gone to New York City for a work conference and came back and brought the virus with her. She, she had caught it, and, and uh, so obviously – at least you guys didn't go to a conference. That, that's like a, a definite no-no, right? <laughs> Let's go to a big place with, with thousands of people and, and it's not going to be good. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah, we kept good separation. And uh, although it's interesting, the hotel got emptier and emptier and emptier. And I think the only people that were staying there after, at, at, at the time we were leaving were just uh, airplane uh, pilots and hostesses and stuff. Yeah. Uh, if that's if that's all the noteworthy beers, we'll move on to some voicemails. Any, last call. Any more noteworthy? And Dale? No. Okay. So uh, we did have a voicemail. I always love to hear our listeners, especially you, Jim and Tara. Uh, you know, you guys have have called in quite a few times, and I really enjoy that. So this time we had a voicemail from Buck Buchanan. If you remember, Buck is one of the co-owners of Core 4 Brewing we had on the show, and he talked about opening his brewery, and he opened it right before this whole coronavirus thing hit. March 14th was their opening. So he goes and fills us in on how that opening went. So let's hear what Buck has to say. Hey, guys, it's Buck from Oklahoma City. Just finally getting a chance to call and leave a voicemail. Sorry it took me so long. I definitely apologize. I'll tell you a little bit about how things are going with Core 4 Brewing. Um, we had an amazing grand opening back on uh, March 14th. It was amazing. Um, it was packed house all day long. We were a little worried because it was kind of the beginning of everything, and so we were scared that anybody would even show up, and we had a great, great day. We couldn't ask for a better day. And then uh, we were open for about three days, and then all the pandemic hit, so everything has kind of been uh, weird since then um first weekend of to go sales we did pretty well second weekend a little less but still pretty good and then uh last weekend the third weekend um about half the second weekend so you can definitely see a decline um in the to go sales right now and people staying home more not getting out so it's getting pretty rough um but you know we're hanging in there so i hope everything is going well with you guys i definitely appreciate you having me on and uh sorry i didn't leave the voicemail on the last episode, but hope everyone's uh, keeping up the good fight. Everyone's feeling well and doing well, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, that's good news for Buck that his opening went well. Just, again, bad timing like we already talked about uh, with some other breweries that that uh, just happens that they, they spend all these you know years, four years, planning this brewery opening, getting everything ready. Uh, to prepare for this final day where they they have everything and and ready to go and boom they open up and then they right away have to go to off premise sales uh, where they're not really prepared for it because yeah. you know they they they're doing growler fills but they didn't have any kind of canning they weren't planning on doing package sales of any kind except for growler fill so uh, really kind of a a sad you know it's kind of sad I'm, I'm the good news is because they took their time and they didn't go uh, heavy into debt that I think that, you know, that they might be able to weather through the storm and, and be able to survive and, and uh, reopen, do another reopening uh, when this, this thing is over and, and do well. So I, 
I appreciate you, Buck. Uh, you know, send us that voicemail. Let us know how things go went. Actually went, and please fill us in once this pandemic is over and you guys get back up and started. Uh, you know, give us an update and let us know how things are, are happening post pandemic, uh, because we're really excited to hear. Uh, you guys do well. Okay, so now uh, we'll go back to some feedback of the uh, from the last episode. And before we do that, I wanted to talk about uh, our first, our very first Taps of Craft virtual happy hour meetup and bottle share that we had on Zoom video. We had this uh, Zoom call last Sunday, April 12th, and uh, I'll tell you what, we had a great time. Uh, Chris set it up on his Zoom account, and we had quite a few people jump in. In fact, we had Jim and Tara and Haven, you know, showed up. We had a good, a good turnout there. Plus, we had, I think, I think I counted 14 or 15 people that came in, came and went uh, throughout the night. I think mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's about right. Yeah, so I'm really I'm really pleased. We had a great time. Uh, I think we were on about three hours, and uh, it was so much fun that people wanted to have another one. So Chris set up another of these meetups on Zoom this Sunday. So after you hear this on Thursday, if you're listening on Thursday, Sunday we'll have another one, the 26th of April at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Uh, you can check out our Facebook page or Twitter, or uh, if if you don't have either of those, you can send us an email and we'll get you those, the Zoom link that you can click on and get into our meeting and, and join the fun. Uh, even if you can't come for a long time, just stop in. We had several people, including Buck Buchanan, stop in for just a few minutes and say, hey, how how you guys doing, and chat with us a little bit, and then uh, step back out. If Even if you do that, it would be very well appreciated. And uh, Chris, what... Can our overseas listeners use that same link, or is it only? Uh, I I do believe they certainly can. Um, so I think the one we're doing uh, this coming um, on the twenty sixth on Sunday the twenty sixth, uh, we're going to be starting that, like you said, at eight p.m. Eastern time. And if you want to, like like you were mentioning, if you don't have social media, if you don't have Facebook or Twitter or anything like that, you can just go on to Zoom, which I believe for us is just zoom.us. Yes. And then you would type in the meeting ID of 857-1615-0803. Again, that's 857-1615-0803. And that will get you into that uh, that bottle share get together. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I'll put it in the show notes. So um, in case you didn't have a pen to write that down, just look in our description or show notes, and you can find uh, the number, the meeting number. So uh, Jim and Tara and Haven, did you guys have a good time uh, visiting with us and drinking? Had a great time. Good. Uh, I mean, yeah, and special kudos to uh, Bart and Marty. Yes. They, they, were, oh, yeah. they were the life of the party. <laughs> they certainly were. Uh, yeah, that was crazy. But uh, luckily, Chris was able to uh, you know, hit that mute button on them so they didn't uh, take over the conversation uh, too much with their uh, uh, off-camera off antics that were going on. But yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was fun and entertaining. Yeah. yeah, Bart won't be able to make it this time, though, unfortunately. Okay. I think Marty will be back, but uh, I, I think he'll be a little tamer now that uh, Bart's not egging him on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we, we had some other feedback. Uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and read Steve's feedback? Sure. So Steve Korsman uh, left us some feedback on our Facebook page, and he said, Tap the craft. Hey, it's Florida Steve. 
you wondered what a get it was. Well, a get it is a gathering of two or more listeners of the Perfect Poor podcast. Shout out to our friends at the Perfect Poor podcast. <laughs> um, it's officially it officially happens when we discuss what was mentioned on the podcast that week. Cheers, guys. Okay. Well, now we know. I, I had no yeah. idea either. And you remember where that came from, right? Yeah, from our untapped. Uh, what? Uh, I forgot the name, the fancy name that uh, Jeff Seiler came up with for our uh, untapped segment. But uh, Un, uh, geez, it's right here in our notes. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, uh, sorry, it's it's Sunday night. Uh, it's untap the craft. Untap the craft. Yes, that's it. Yeah. So okay, so now we know what to get it is. Now it's Sunday night. I don't know what's going uh, on. No, no. It's uh, well, I'm I'm profusely sweating uh, in my office. I I definitely need to get up a sunscreen, some tinted windows, and a, I need to like triple triple block this window. To keep well, either that or you and I are gonna have to just start recording a little later. Well, I don't want to keep you up all night long. At uh, I mean. It's, but again, if you don't, but you, are you working? Uh, oh, you, yeah. You're working yeah. on Tuesdays or Sunday? And, oh, okay. Yeah. And a little bird told us our uh, payroll protection program check is coming in tomorrow. Okay. All right. Mm. So, yep, we're still working. Okay. That's good. That's good. Okay. So, let's see. You did that. I'll do Jason Lacey. Uh, he, he left us uh, something on Twitter and. Uh, remember, Jason is our buddy who does the Fluxapose podcast. And it says, so great to hear John Ream on Tap the Craft this week. Oh, hearing Loose Screw is always a good time, too. Well, thank you, mm -hmm. Jason. But, yeah, it was good to have John back on. I'm hoping that, you know, during this unfortunate time where a lot of breweries aren't able to, to keep things going uh, as much as they normally do because they have reduced hours and they're not, uh, you know, having a tap room open, that John might be able to join us, um, you know, a couple times during this, this time and, and get him back on the air. It was great to hear from him. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm glad that Trek is doing uh, as well as they can during this, this time. Uh, I just, uh, luckily he's at a, at a position that, that he should be able to weather it out through the, uh, through the end, as long as it doesn't last to the end of the year. <laughs> he said uh, mm -hmm. through July, he said even up to August, he was good. Once it gets past August, it might be a little bit shakier, but he, you know he still feels confident that that they'll be able to to make it through the the end of this thing. So that was good. Okay, we also had uh, a listener question, and this listener question was left over from last week. We we kind of answered the question briefly uh, in the last episode, but Chris, since you weren't on the last episode, I wanted to bring it back because it was specifically asking a portion of, of his uh, question to you. So why don't you go ahead and read what Eric Gronley asked you? All right, so Eric wrote, I would love to hear more about Chris's homebrewing adventures as far as process and styles you're looking to brew. It's a hobby that I'd love to get into myself with a couple of buddies once this whole pandemic is over. Uh, I'll finish by asking a random question. What beer style do you feel has the most room for experimentation outside of IPA? Because they're trying everything with that already. And you guys did uh, did answer that question. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I would agree with you, too, on those fruited sours that's uh, – I know that's a big favorite in our household mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, okay. going from there. But um, as far as home brewing, so I'm very much like Jim. I, uh, I stick with the extract brewing kits and extract brewing supplies because to me, in my mind, I'm all about, hey, if I can brew a batch of beer in two hours instead of five hours, <laughs> I'm going to do that. 
because it's quicker for me, less cleanup, less equipment that I have to have. Um, but it does give me a little less control over the beer that I'm brewing. Mm-hmm. To me, I don't care about that. Okay. Um, so I need it to be simple. Um, I don't have the attention span to worry about the pH of my water and uh, the minerals in my water and stuff. So uh, I want to make sure it's going to be, I want to make it idiot proof for me when it comes to brewing. So when I have the list of ingredients and the recipe, all I have to do is follow that recipe and make sure everything's clean and sanitized. Um, but as far as processes go, um, everything starts out with a six, seven gallon uh, pot on my stove in the kitchen. And that's where we steep all of our grains and boil our wort and add hops and different, uh, different flavors and stuff into the beer. And everything goes from the pot uh, into the fermenter. Once every, once all the hop additions have been made and everything like that, and each beer style is going to be different, but um, I think, I think I've probably brewed seven or eight batches of beer now and it's kind of like you get into this like you do when you learn something new you get these processes that you just do them a certain way and it makes a lot of sense in how you do them um, and you just kind of get comfortable with it so mm-hmm. um going from uh boiling my wort um to cooling it down um, i keep all of my uh all of my brewing equipment in a big rubber made container out in the garage and when i need when i go brew uh, when i boil the wort I make a big ice bath in that uh, Rubbermaid container and that's what I put my pot down in to cool everything and uh, get that down to the appropriate temperature and the water that I do add to my wort to get it to the appropriate five gallon level. Um, I throw into the refrigerator uh, about 36 hours before I start brewing if I think about it. Mm -hmm. So that way I can cool down my wort a lot faster too. Uh, But from there, I mean, I used to bottle and just like, like a lot of people know, that's a lot of process too. So I, <laughs> you don't have I, to I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the only person that helps me bottle is Megan. And as much as, as much fun as we did have doing it, it was, I mean, it was just too much of a process. And, uh, we just decided to go ahead and, uh, upgrade the system to, uh, kegs and ours is nothing fancy. Just a couple of CO2 tanks, uh, a couple of those corny kegs. And then, uh, we do have the option if we were like if we would like to drill holes into our uh, our beer cooler, uh, can make a keezer and, and some stuff like that. But uh, we still have just the picnic taps that attach to the kegs, uh, so we have the CO two running into the tap, and then the just the little spout on the end if we want to pour a beer into the cup. So, um, but as far as different styles that we're looking to brew, honestly, I go into the store, I flip through, um, recipe books that might be in there. Uh, if you go to, if you go into a homebrew store, uh, at least here, they will have a, a book of all the recipes that they've already pre-made or put together for you, or you can just buy the separate ingredients that you want. But I just go in there and I go, well, like the last one I brewed, it's a summer ale. And I was like, well, summer's coming. So let's brew something light, maybe with some citrus in it. That's why we did that. Um, the last ones we brewed the chocolate milk stout. Um, I think that was because it was on sale. (laughs) (laughs) That's always, uh, there was, yeah, there was some special going on with it. So I was like, you know what? That sounds good. I'll do that. Um, and then the one before that was a honey amber ale that I've brewed. I don't know if three or four, maybe five times now. And, uh, 
it was just like, well, I want some beer flavored beer. Mm -hmm. This is a little on the sweeter side. And it's cool to say that it's been brewed in all three houses that we've lived in here in Florida. And it still tastes the same every single time. All right. Oh, that's good. That's good. But yeah, I, I, uh, if that's something you want to get into, um, and Denny, I'm going to pick on you a little bit too. Uh Um, start cheap, start with the extract. Cause if you have to get rid of your equipment, it will be, uh, or if you just hate <laughs> the process, um, then you don't have to get rid of much. That's true. Um, but it's, you know, we have a fair amount of equipment here and it's just, most of it's like plastic buckets and the uh, pot that we boil everything in. And, uh, we don't even have like a propane burner or anything for outside because again we just do it all inside the house and mm-hmm. we've learned the uh watch your wart don't let it boil over yeah uh, yeah we've learned that uh fortunately not the hard way we've learned that from the mistakes of others yeah yeah, yeah. that'll be just liquid napalm all over your kitchen oh yeah yeah so okay but that- eric, eric i hope i answered that question for you if you do have any other questions uh please let us know uh you can reach out to us on facebook and twitter and email and all that good stuff yeah yeah, and keep us informed. If you do decide to start brewing, let us know what you're doing and and how it's going, and we can provide any feedback and uh, assistance as needed. Now, now since we're on the topic of homebrew, I just can't not ask Jim. I saw in your photo that you sent me, or that Tara sent me, actually, of you homebrewing that IPA for, and uh, you know, now that you can have two beers on tap because of the pandemic. And I noticed that it looked like you had an induction uh, unit on your stove for when you're doing your war. Is, is that true? Is that an induction, um, element? Yeah, it's an induction, uh, uh, set up. Uh, and the reason I went to that, it's, uh, much faster to bring the, uh, uh, wart to a boil, okay. uh, with an induction. And it's also, uh, a lot more energy efficient Okay, because you're not heating the whole, uh, stove you're just uh you're just heating what's in in the pot yeah yeah Yeah, and uh i don't know if you know how induction works it's uh uh but uh uh it it is a lot more efficient and it's faster yeah Uh, and you notice i (laughs) i just sit it right on top of the stove so i I just hope (laughs) nobody turns the stove on while that's uh while that's there yeah no (laughs) i i never even thought about uh, induction until i saw that that little unit on top of your stove. And I thought, wow, that sounds like a great idea. Now, is there a recommended wattage that unit that you should use for, for getting that quick heat? Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember what mine is. I think mine is like 1800, okay. something like that. Okay. And there are different things it can do. Uh, you can just go by power level, like from one to 10, but I I found out in my kitchen if I put it on ten I'm gonna blow the circuit breaker. So <laughs> the highest I can go is nine. Okay. Uh, before blowing the circuit breaker. Okay. Uh, another feature is that supposedly you can uh, dial in a temperature and it will keep it at that temperature. Okay. That's another. Uh, uh, mode that you can put it on, but uh, I discovered uh, they have a ways to go in perfecting that mode. So, okay. I uh, at least on the unit I have, I can't trust it for maintaining uh, temperature. So I just set it at a power level. Like if I just want to bring it to a full boil, uh, 
I'll just you throw it on nine and let it go. Um, and if I want to maintain a certain temperature, like when I've got the uh, the grain bag in there, probably want to keep it around what one fifty five, maybe one sixty, mm-hmm. depending. Uh, I'll I'll put it down to like one or two, mm. but then I'll I'll keep the thermometer in there, and sometimes I gotta even turn it off for a few <coughs> minutes and then turn it back on. So, uh, uh, it. it but but uh, if you want to bring it to a full boil, which is wh- where most of the time it is anyway, mm-hmm. uh, it's great. Okay, uh, it, it's a, a whole lot faster than on the stovetop for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, that, and that's what Jim or what uh, John also mentioned is that it's just a, the uh, the increased efficiency of getting the the liquid to boil with the induction mm-hmm. is is much faster. So good. All right. Well, thank you for explaining that to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe some other listeners out there might find that helpful and, and go ahead and pick up one for themselves to try to uh, to get that boil going quick. All right. Well, if you would also like to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can reach us through email at taptocraft.gmail.com or on Twitter. Just follow us at taptocraft. And, of course, Chris wants you to interact with him on Facebook at facebook.com slash taptocraft. And don't forget, we do have that voicemail number. You can be like Buck and like Jim, and like Tara, and leave your leave us a voicemail at 208-536-3359, or if it's easier for you to remember, 208-53-ODDLY. And I want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. They provide the hosting space at openforumradio.com, and we invite you to check out the other great shows on the network. And now it is time for the Brew Buzz, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics, and this week... Like I already mentioned, we are going to dive into the Kutzel Carlson family European vacation and beer tourism adventures. And so, Tara, we're going to start with you because uh, this, you know, you're the planner. You're the one that does all the planning of these trips. And so you, I, I know you have all this information like dialed right into your brain. Uh, so you guys uh, made a family trip, all four of you, to Europe for some fun. So first thing we want to find out is how long was your trip and what countries did you visit during this trip? Our trip was two weeks and we, all right. When my husband first started this, he had like maybe five or six different cities to visit, (laughs) you know, and there would be a day to go from one to that. So we compromised and we only went to three cities. So we went to Prague. Warsaw, Prague, and Czechoslovakia, mm-hmm. the Czech Republic, yeah. um, Warsaw in Poland, and Krakow in Poland. Okay, so two Polish cities. And uh, now Jim's family, his uh, his grandparents on one side mm-hmm. were immigrants from Poland. Ah, okay, so that's so the there link. is that's a the family link. connection. Okay, and but the real reason we went is to get. All the pierogies we could eat. Oh, yeah. And also, <laughs> oh, let me just say that we planned this trip initially to celebrate Endel getting a PhD. Oh, oh that's right. Okay. I forgot about that. Oh, well, congratulations <laughs> on that. That's a that's quite a uh, an achievement in, in itself. And you might, hey, why not go to a European beer tour? Is Endel still there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's yeah. 
I'm just listening all quiet like yeah, okay. <laughs> Praise me more, parents. Praise yeah. me. More. <laughs> we were Yeah, so we proud. had uh, yeah, we had uh, <laughs> taken a uh, a similar tour to Europe, uh Poland and Germany instead of Czech. Okay. Uh uh about f- five or six years prior and Angel was not able to to come with us. Oh. It was just Tara and I and Haven. So I I forgot what the reason was why she couldn't come with us. But anyway, she was a little upset. I was in undergrad. Because <laughs> she yeah. was at school. Yeah, she, <laughs> she was busy studying. Uh, so we so uh, we said, well, if you get your PhD, we'll pay for your trip over to Europe. So guess what? She actually got a PhD. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So, and now we're on the hook and we had to uh, uh, do our part. So okay. uh, we were more than happy to do it, though. No, that's great. That's great. Now, mm-hmm. Why did you pick uh, Warsaw and Krakow as the two cities in Poland to visit? What was the city you visited the first time you went to Poland? And, and- oh, we, we visited Krakow um, okay. before, and that's sort of like the cultural uh, capital of Poland. Warsaw is like the actual capital, but yeah. Krakow has a lot of, a lot of history in, in it. Okay. Okay. Now, Haven, are you a Polish history nut? <laughs> No, it's, um, well, when, when we started planning this trip, uh, I started taking Polish language lessons Mm -hmm. and then through that, I sort of got involved in, in the Polish community in Baltimore and I joined, uh, a Polish dance group, shout out Ojczyzna. Um, (laughs) and so, uh, like because of planning this trip, I, I I learned all this stuff. So okay, okay. So that so that's why you're still now taking Polish language lessons. I mean, are you are you wanting to become more fluent in in Polish for your next visits to Poland, or is it because you want to be able to show off to your Polish community uh, in Baltimore? Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I need a hobby. <laughs> oh, you need a hobby? Okay, so that's your hobby is uh, studying. Now, do you, are you a la- Now, some people have a natural ability to understand and learn languages. And I just happen to be that one of those people that don't have that natural ability. <laughs> I have I've taken 3 years of Spanish when I was in high school, and you know what, when we did go to Guatemala and I had to speak it cuz no one spoke English, um I did okay. But you know what? I am not fluent in Spanish one bit. Uh, because I just have a really tough time. Uh, you know, my brain just doesn't work that way. My brain works, uh, you know, really well in other ways, but just not in the language. Does your brain, do you have a good language brain or you have to really work at understanding and, and learning this language? Um, yeah, Polish is, is one of the harder languages for native English speakers. But let me tell you, the one thing I was really, really good at was remembering names for food. Oh, so, <laughs> that, so that's, we ate that's, well in Poland. Okay, good. That's what really came through was reading reading menus. Other okay. than that, not not fantastic. Okay, okay, all right. So you came through. You came through with the food. That's the most important. That and going to the bathroom. That's the two things you need to know: eat and right. and uh, restroom. Okay, so um, all right. So so. Uh, Prague, Warsaw, Krakow. Now, 
in each of these countries that you visited, do you have, and again, this is going out to everyone. I'm going to ask all these questions to the whole group, not to the individual. So if you have a, an answer, please provide your answer. But do you have a favorite venue in each of these countries that you went? Like if you were to go back to each of these, these cities, so you say cities, um, what one venue would you have to go back again and visit? Whether it's a brewery or bar or even a restaurant that you enjoy, whatever, whatever venue that, that really stuck out to you. And explain what, why it was so important. Oh, my gosh. Nothing stuck the, out? <laughs> well, no, the little, the little um, local, what is it, Pilsner, Urquil mm-hmm. pubs were just amazing. The food was amazing. The beer was amazing. Okay. The decoration in the place was amazing. Oh. <laughs> it was it was just wonderful. And the beer like oh, the pilsner you could order just a, like a regular beer or you could order a slice which would be half foam and half beer in mm-hmm. your mug <laughs> or you could order the milk beer which would be total foam all mm-hmm. the way and then you could just chug it wait, wait, and wait, it was wait. just it you, was delightful you could chug foam you could chug foam yep <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, this is one of the questions i had for you as i i saw the photos that were sent to me i really enjoyed seeing you know reliving some of these experiences mm-hmm. through your untapped check-ins and the photos mm-hmm. you guys sent so um this experience of going and trying these different styles of the the Pilsner Quell with different foam levels, I mean, obviously you enjoyed it because you, it meant a lot to you. But did you really enjoy it? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, would you drink a, I, a cup of foam every day? Maybe. So now whenever I get like a Pilsner now in one of these little microbreweries and it has no foam on it whatsoever, yeah, yeah. I feel cheated. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally it needs It needs some foam. Yeah. It needs some foam. Yeah. So And actually, I could never chug it all the way. So I could never drink my entire mug and not have it actually turn into beer at the oh, bottom. Okay. Okay. So so you let it sit too long where it actually uh, yeah. returned back. Yeah. So I agree with you. Um, I think the best pilsners that I've had are pilsners that when you pour it into your pilsner glass, and again, pilsner flute is like a really narrow, uh, you know, straight up. I mean, in the pilsner quell is in those big, uh, like mug, like, Whatever. Per- yeah, these are big glass yeah, big mugs. Big glass mugs, but but if you dr- drink it in like a uh, in a German Pilsner glass or whatever in a in a in a flute, uh, I love it when I pour a Pilsner in there and the and the foam, the head is like super dense and rises up above the level of the yeah. rim of that glass and it's stuck in there, like like solid. That means I've got a lot of good ingredients inside that Pilsner that that tells me it's going to be a good beer, and I think that's a similar. That when you are able to pour a beer and have it, you know, and have a specialty pour where you can have a half a glass of foam or a full glass of foam and people order it that way because they enjoy it. Again, that, that beer has got to have some quality ingredients and, and flavor that, uh, that, you know, keep people coming back for that type of experience. So that's, that's pretty cool. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, and and the uh, pills. I told you at, at, right at the beginning, I was drinking a Pilsner Urquell mm-hmm. uh, to start with, and when I pour this in my glass, 
there's no foam, hardly yeah. any foam. Yeah. It's certainly not the same experience as over there. Yeah. Um, and then I also uh, discovered that uh, there's different types of uh, Pilsner. The Czech Pilsner is very different from the uh, German Pilsner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is called the, the Czech Pilsner is called what the Bohemian style and the German is Bavarian. Uh, those two names sound very similar. So you got to make sure you don't get them confused. Mm -hmm. Very easy to get them confused. But the, it seems like the Czech Pilsner is a lot more complex taste wise, a little bit heavier mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, and very foamy if you get it, uh, uh, you know, right off the tap. All right, good, good. Okay, so was there anywhere special in Warsaw or Krakow that you guys want to talk about? Nobody? That Those are just um, boring there, towns? <laughs> <laughs> there was one place I liked. It's not, This is obviously not beer-related. Okay. But there was a vodka bar oh. that we went to in, in Krakow that we got a, um, what was it, six? Um, yes. I think... Yeah. A flight of six. I don't know if you would call it a flight though, because there were like basically six shots. Mm -hmm. But I mean, but six shots shared between four people. That that one was really good. Hmm. And you and they had a spicy one. Oh, oh yeah, they okay. had a spicy chocolate <laughs> one that was so good. Okay. Wow. So just straight up different flavors of vodka. They I mean each one had a different flavor to it, or was it yes. okay? We got um if I if I remember correctly, elderberry, hmm. lemon, ginger, um, Keats? No, Mirabella. There was a rose. Uh, oh, rose, honey. That's wait. That's already six. <laughs> yeah, I think you're good then. <laughs> no, it's because there's chili chocolate. You I might as well. You might as well tell them about those other shots you made us do. Oh, yes. Yeah, so those are my favorite, the dive bar shots. Right. Um, these, those were called, the the flavor of those were called Chupa Chups. That was lemon vodka with ginger syrup. And then they put like black pepper on top, like out of like a pepper shaker. Mm. Those are really good. So what I enjoyed in Warsaw, that I only had it once and I regret that I didn't do it more, is I had a hot beer with raspberry syrup in it. Ah, yes. I have that on my list to, for you to talk and, about. And I'm surprised I did that because when we were in Prague, I had gotten a Rattler with, and this was just in the neighborhood outdoor market, and it was a beer with, I guess, raspberry soda in it. And I had to pour it out. I couldn't drink it. Oh, no. But, but... This hot beer with the raspberry syrup in it was really good. It was really enjoyable. Nice. And I guess that's a that's a normal Polish thing. Hot yeah, beer. Yeah, you could find that mm -hmm. everywhere. They had that everywhere. And by the way, I drank my Rattler. <laughs> <laughs> and what, one thing about going to either the Czech Republic or uh, Poland uh you got spoiled with the prices uh you got to the point where if they charged you the equivalent of three dollars american for a half liter you thought you were getting ripped off um so uh, uh prices are really good out there f especially for beer 
And I remember in Prague when uh, we were on the outskirts, uh, you could you could easily get a, a half pint. Of, I mean, a pint of uh, half liter for about uh, uh, two bucks. So uh, wow, um, prices are really really good. Yeah, that's making it one more reason to go out there and visit. Mm-hmm. Not only the the food is already a good reason to go visit, but then beer's cheap. <laughs> oh, oh speaking about the food, oh, go ahead, Tara. <laughs> I was going to say, we did visit a couple of little breweries while both in Prague and in Warsaw. and But when the beers were like... And, you know, like American beers, like they're just, you know, giving you an IPA. It was, it was like disappointing. It wasn't, you know, exotic enough. It may have been very good beer, but, you know, you're in a foreign country. You want it to be (laughs) I don't want your Goose Island here. (laughs) Do you remember the the gummy bear beer in England? Oh. The gummy bear beer? No. Oh, I do. I remember that. The Essex Street Brewery, the one where you guys were all fell asleep at the table. Oh, geez. <laughs> that was, we had jet lag. It was jet lag. <laughs> and it tasted like gummy bears, and it wasn't right. It was a gummy bear IPA. Oh. Do you remember what? Right, but at least it was different. At least it was exotic. Yeah. See, I'd much rather have bad beer than ordinary beer. Yeah, I checked my untapped. I only checked in two things during this entire trip, and that gummy bear beer was one of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, was that the one at the Essex Street Brewery? Yes. Okay. So I looked at my untapped, and I checked in all sorts of beers, but they all have these foreign names, and I couldn't even tell you what style they were. <laughs> <laughs> so we did do... A lot of tastings. That's good. That's good. You got to know what you like and what you don't like, even if you don't remember what the beers are <laughs> later on. But uh, I, I do the same thing. Whenever I travel to another country, uh, I just drink, you know, as much local stuff I can find, whether I, I know what it is or not. Luckily, like when I go to Israel, I have a lot of friends in Israel. So uh, I'm usually, I mean, I do drink by myself, but, you know, we go out and, and do stuff and, and I'll go out and they'll help me with, uh, you know, finding a beer, you know, because nothing, no, nothing on the on the bottles are written in English. Uh, it's all in Hebrew. So uh, I can tell a little bit, you know, I've been around Hebrew enough. I can kind of see certain letters and I can, you know, I know what certain things are. But for the most part, it's a hit or miss. And uh, but luckily I have people to help me uh, find uh, good, good beer styles that, uh, that you know I enjoy. But yeah, tasting the. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, uh, beers they make. Like I want to, I'm thinking I want to go to Yugoslavia and, uh, try their beer scene. I, I listened to a podcast that talked about, uh, uh visiting some local bre- breweries in Yugoslavia and, and how unique their beer is in, in that country. And it sounds like something that I wouldn't mind ex- experiencing. And I also, uh, you know, have some friends that have gone over and they said the same thing that, Hey, uh, these, you know, you go over there and the brew scene is small, but it's very personable. And, uh, you know, when you enter these breweries, these bars and stuff, you feel like you're part of the family and the experience is, you know, is really nice. And uh, is is that anything you guys felt when you were visiting some of these uh, brew pubs and 
and and things in in these countries did you feel like like you were welcome or did you feel like you were outsiders well the very first place when we got to prague we went to actually it was like a bottle shop mm-hmm. but it was also you know they had like five beers on tap and they served lunch oh nice <laughs> and and it was like a you know a local place and you're talking to the guy that's there and it was kind of early for lunch but we couldn't get our airbnb key mm-hmm. yet okay and um you know but it was kind of cool because you know one of the one of the beers they were selling was from flying dog you know and i could <laughs> tell him hey that's where i'm from <laughs> Maybe I mean, but, does it taste better in uh, you know in Prague? I, I did not. <laughs> I we did had not mostly draft beer. <laughs> well, yeah, they we only had, had it in bottles. So. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We decided but, we'll wait to get home to have the flying dogs. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the the brewery that was just around the corner from our Airbnb is in Prague was. Um, when we went there, we went there at night and it was very crowded and, you know, it, it all depends. I like, I like it when it isn't too crowded and you can talk to people, Yeah, yeah. but you know, so you got to get that balance of the beer's good yet. Nobody knows about it. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. <laughs> you can enjoy it, you know, in a, in a peaceful setting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you mentioned, uh, you know, in Prague, you're waiting for your Airbnb. So I, one of my questions I had on here was, were you staying in hotels, uh, bed and breakfasts or hostels? <laughs> I mean, I was assuming not hostels, but maybe you guys were, you know, out there, uh, you know, enjoying the young life, uh, and staying in, you know, in rooms with multiple people, but did you stay in Airbnbs? Uh, in, in we all stayed your... in Airbnbs, and and the only downside to that was there would only be one key, so mm. that kind of kept us all together, okay. as opposed mm. to everybody going into a different direction. Yeah. Well, what's wrong with being together? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no. There. So the thing is, when we got there, we all kind of got sick like immediately. So from Jim. From Jim. Oh, no. and me now. <laughs> well, anyway. So there were times when, like, mom and dad were kind of slowing down, but mm-hmm. me and Endel wanted to get out a little bit more. And it was kind of hard to balance that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is it was it against the rules for uh, them to go back to the Airbnb and for you two to go out and, and you know, live a night? No, and we, when we did that sometimes... <laughs> <laughs> but it you wasn't like wrong, Krakow. <laughs> uh-huh. So we had to, we just had to, you know, coordinate, like saying, okay, well, you know, I've got the key, so we all have to meet back here at a certain time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's the advantage of a hotel. Like uh, uh your your listeners might be a little confused because we talked about London that one uh for a little bit there. We did stay one night in London. Uh before we uh, went to Prague. And one nice thing about having a hotel, like when we flew into London, uh, we got there like 6.30 in the morning. Uh, we landed and the hotel was right in the airport. Oh, So we were able to go drop off our luggage too early for the room to be ready, but we were able to drop off our luggage and uh, not have to schlep it around everywhere. And then we took, uh, we went uh, 
into the terminal there there's a uh a subway stop right there in the terminal so we took that to downtown london and we spent the whole day uh in london um um and uh you know did a lot of walking and drank beer and and we were falling asleep because i only had like one or two hours oh, i can't sleep on a plane yeah me either. yeah yeah so we had like one or two hours of sleep and so by the end of that day we were really i was really dragging i don't know about anybody else but. <laughs> oh yeah i understand i understand so once you got so then you flew out at that point you flew to prague uh, and then you, fl- I'm assuming you flew to Warsaw and then to Krakow. You flew all these places, right? You didn't get a car and drive, did you? We didn't no, drive, we did but. We took a train. We oh, took a train, train from uh, Warsaw to Krakow. Okay. Okay. And, and when you're at each of these cities, did you just rely on public transportation, walking, and cabs, or um, or did you have a car? I think we walked everywhere. Okay. Okay, so these yeah yeah we put ten fifteen thousand steps on easy a day. Okay, okay. Did you did you so, p- plan your B and B Airbnb in a central location of where you wanted to visit? Yes. Yes. Yeah yeah we uh, uh, let's see in in Prague it was we wanted to make sure we were out of the uh, main area. I don't know if you've ever been to Prague, but no. it's like Disneyland. It's oh. Uh, it's a real zoo with tourists and all of that. So we didn't want to be in the middle of that. Okay. And in Warsaw, we were by the train station, which in made Warsaw, it convenient. We're in like a Soviet era apartment building. So that oh. was really kind of neat. The apartment itself was wonderful, but you always wondered, it was on the 11th floor and you always wondered if that, elevator was actually going to make it oh, yeah. up to the 11th floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Oh. And I never did find any stairs. I would have been happy to take the stairs, but I uh, didn't find any. I don't know. 11 flights is a lot of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> up and down after you did 15,000 steps to the breweries and back. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I usually take the stairs myself. Uh, even when I'm, you know, traveling in the States, uh, I'll take the stairs. If I'm on the fourth floor, I'll, I'll just take the stairs up and down all the time. I, I enjoy walking and getting exercise and not using the elevator. But when I travel with big town, the big cities, uh, you know, there's not usually, uh, accessible stairs that you can use for regular traffic. They're usually emergency stairs for use when, uh, you know, when there's an emergency or, uh, in, like in Israel, they're, that's the same spot where the uh, the stairs are the same spot where the bomb shelters are. So if something were to happen, you you go into the stairwell, and that's where you you'd be safe. Uh, so I'm forced to take the elevators most of the time uh, in in the hotel. But uh, like in the site I work at in in Israel, it, it's a five story building, and I take the stairs up and down all day long, going to the different floors to do different meetings and, and such. So so I, I I'm I'm all for the stair stair climbing experience. But eleventh floor. I might draw a line at that. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of stairs. You haven't seen that elevator. <laughs> well, like, keep in mind, I've seen I've seen elevators in in places that were like, uh, I mean, they literally could fit two people, and they were very, sh- you know, shady elevators. So I I can imagine what what these look like. Probably not the best. Okay. So, so the one the reason I oh. wanted to be go to Warsaw mm-hmm. is because Prague and Krakow I thought were going to be too similar. 
Oh. I wanted to be in a like a real city. Mm-hmm. But it turned out Prague was Prague was really cool because we were a little bit out. And so there was like the real city and then you go into the fairy tale land, you know, <laughs> and, and, um, crack, Krakow had turned just into an entirely just a big tourist thing. Oh, like it didn't like when we were there before there would be all this diversity in restaurants mm-hmm. yeah. and now everything was, Oh, Polish cuisine. Uh, now, nothing wrong with beets and pierogies. I love beets and pierogies, <laughs> but you know, but it was just kind of sad to see it become more generic, I guess. You go, I mean, as, as Haven mentioned early on, uh, you go there for the cultural uh, aspect of, of Poland. And now, if that maybe is not as uh, you know, as enriched as it is, mm-hmm. as it was before, because it's become more generic. Uh, it kind of takes away from that, that experience. But actually, so this was the one good part is the first time we're in Poland. I mean, in Krakow, mm-hmm. everybody was beautiful. I oh. mean, beautiful. This time when we're there, they all <laughs> kind of looked like me. <laughs> oh. So, you know, I, I kind of, I mean, think I preferred the beautiful people. So so you mean they were all tourists or, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And I don't know if it was the time of year because bef- the first time we went around Easter. Okay. So if that was too early, so they're more, <laughs> I mean, they were beautiful. You mm. felt sort of out of place because everybody there was so beautiful. Okay. And um, they're all just like the regular mass of people in Prague. I mean, Prague, not Krakow this last time. Okay. Yeah. The first time it was more like a regular city, like you were in a real working city. Regular city full of beautiful people. (laughs) (laughs) In medieval castles. Oh, there's castles too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I noticed about the, actually both countries, I don't think anybody there eats vegetables. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it's very difficult to find vegetables on the menu. Yeah, I'm a vegetarian, and I <laughs> have relied a lot on like just straight up blocks of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There was a went in. I remember in Warsaw, I ordered. At a bar, I ordered a a veggie burger, and they were like, "We're out of the veggie burger patties. Is brie okay?" And I was like, not paying attention. I was like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." And it was just like a burger, but instead of a patty, it was just a wheel of brie. <laughs> <laughs> so how was it? Was it really rich? I mean, it was. You can't go wrong. <laughs> just cook cheese. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like it. sounds good. We did break down and buy cucumbers at one point so we could have some vegetables. Wow, that's it's strange not to hear because, uh, I mean, my experience in, in Europe is that there's a lot of vegetables, like way more vegetables that are served in meals than we get in the States. You know, in the States, we get typically, you know, a salad is what we consider. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because I'm, I mean, I wonder why that is that, uh, you know, I mean, well, this is Eastern Europe, so I don't know your experience. Lots and lots of starches. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because it's, uh, yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I haven't been to Eastern Europe, so maybe that's the key. 
Oh, I had this wonderful lunch there. It was uh, when we went to the uh, ossuary, that that town over there. Kootenahara. Uh, Kootenahara, yeah. Uh, it was wild boar, <laughs> wild boar goulash with gingerbread dumplings. Oh, wow. That sounds good. Oh, uh, and, and those dumplings were very, very rich, mm. bready uh, dumplings. So it, uh, it was wonderful. I don't... I'd, I'd gain a hundred pounds if I <laughs> had a steady diet of that, but uh, it was very tasty. Oh, they did they did manage to make the food very tasty. Okay, all right. So you know what? Um, I'm running out of stuff to ask, but I do have a couple questions for Haven. And uh, again, because oh, okay. this is this is a, a you know a beer centric podcast, but I need to. So this is an intervention. Yes, this is an intervention. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so no. I all I want to know is, um, during this trip, did you did you try beer, or did you steer away from beer at at all these different spots because you just don't like it, or did you actually try try some beer to see if maybe, you know, European beer or you know Polish beer or or the Czech Republic beer would be something you might enjoy? Did you actually try beer during this trip? Um. So I never bought beer mm-hmm. there um i definitely tried whatever my mom well see here's the thing my mom i consider like my i don't know the protector of my taste buds because <laughs> she knows what i like and so i mean if if it was something interesting like the warm beer mm-hmm. then i i definitely tried stuff like that okay um i i probably tried the pilsner urquell i can't remember what it tastes like um or you know if my mom got like a flight of something She'd say like, "Oh, Haven, try this. I think you'd like it." Uh, I'd be like, "Whatever." But I mean, I, I was I was in Eastern Europe, and so obviously I was I was drinking liquor. Yeah. I was drink I was drinking a lot of vodka. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. No. And also, um, because I guess because of like the time of year, there was a lot of mulled wine. Oh. And oh my gosh, that stuff was so good. <laughs> oh. Wow. I'm pretty sure I had vodka added to it. That, maybe that's, that's what, what yeah. made it so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I'd like mold stuff more if it had more uh, distilled liquor in it because I'm not a big mold <laughs> mold anything fan. It's just it's it's okay when you first like your first sip, but then as you get down halfway of whatever you're drinking, it tends to get a little bit funky to me. So I'm not a big mold fan. Yeah, but, but that's good. I also had um um. Jeanne Krupnik, which is like hot, I think it's like hot water mixed with honey liquor and like, you know, hot rum and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So one more question for you, Haven. Uh, if you were the one, you know, we just, we found out during this, this uh, discussion that, uh, you know, this trip was because of Andel's, uh, you know, getting her PhD. So you were tagging along for that enjoyment, which which is great, but if you were able to pick the next spot that you guys went overseas to visit, what spot would that be? When, why? Why would you pick it? Um, I well, actually, while we were planning this trip, I wanted to go to Zakopane, which I'm probably butchering that. <laughs> um, Zakopane is like a um, mountain okay. village in um, uh. Poland, south of Krakow. Okay. Um, just because they have like a lot, it it kind of shows off the mountain culture yeah. of Poland. 
and I, you know, I hear they also have a lot of a lot of mold wine too. <laughs> okay, okay, so that's where you'd want to go next. Okay, but I also know my mom wanted to go to Gdansk because that's very what's what's the word, mom? Seafaring <laughs> and woods. With the textiles, Woodsy. no wood, wood, oh wood, okay. So it so it sounds like it's still very Polish. So we're not going to get the good beer there. Okay, okay. So it wouldn't be for beer; it'd just be for you know for for the cultural uh, aspects of it. I yeah. would go back to Prague anytime, though. Yeah, <laughs> if, if if you're between the two countries, if your interest is primarily beer then prague is the place to be poland their beer is yeah i mean it's not bad mm -hmm. but it's not anything to write home about okay uh so poland is not known for their beer but uh uh if you like vodka uh poland over the Czech Republic, for sure. <laughs> okay. But but if, but if your interest is beer, you're better off steering to the uh, Czech Republic. Okay. And oh, oh, uh, one more one thing I, I might want to bring. Andel, you you tried this, didn't you? That uh, Bud B at the remember the Prague Airport. We're at the uh, we're having breakfast at the Prague Airport. Oh, because we used our priority passes to get into lounges. Yes, we uh, we were we were at at the Prague Airport going to uh, Warsaw, and uh, we had originally had a flight in the afternoon so that we would arrive when the Airbnb was ready to be, uh, uh, you know, checked into, which is like three in the afternoon. But for some reason, they changed our flight to make it uh, like 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> mm. uh, so we went to the airport. We were at Prague Airport, and we're in this lounge, and uh, we were able to get anything we wanted into the lounge. They had food and beverages, and uh, uh, so I tried. This was this uh, beer called Bud B. Strong. It's, it's actually made by Budweiser. Budweiser Europe. And so we were having beer for breakfast. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was an imperial lager, 7.5%. Wow. Um, I rated it at a 2.75. <laughs> it was not that great. I think we yeah. ditched it. Yeah. In, in fact, that, that was generous, I oh, think, at okay. a 2.75. It was very, very sweet. I was mm. surprised by that. Extremely sweet. Um and uh, not the thing you normally want to put on your uh, cereal. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah no. I, any any lager that's over five six percent is going to be too much. It's going to be sweeter than I I like. I don't like them uh, that sweet. So, okay, well, that's good. Okay, uh, Andel, I'm not going to leave you out here. I, I have a one last question to ask you because you haven't really you know, you've added bits and you know bits and pieces, but I want to make sure we get your feedback here on this trip. What was your what was the what was the thing that you enjoyed the most beer related out of this trip? Uh, because you've already told us that you're a big IPA 
and a big stout fan. And guess what? Neither of those styles are uh, at these uh, these cities that you visited. So, so what did you gain out of this trip? What was your favorite experience? So I was more of the person who found all the places to actually go to. Okay. And so actually we had some cool beers. They had a lot of like regular uh, New England IPAs that are pretty good. But oh. the they also had one that was an Earl Grey beer. Oh, yeah. And that was interesting. It was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what. The beers that I've had with tea in it, especially Earl Grey tea, man, there's something about the mixture of, of the flavors that really – I really enjoy that uh, that unique characteristic that, that the tea gives the, the beer. That's interesting. So – I didn't realize that. I mean, it's been a while since I've looked into your guys' check-ins when you guys were on that trip. And maybe if I were to go back and review uh, the different check-ins you did, I would see that you did have a lot of IPAs. But I, I, I guess I didn't realize that you guys were able to get uh, some some st- regular styles, uh, you know, at the different places you visited. Now, maybe because you deliberately went and looked for craft beer bars that uh, provided a variety of, of styles for you. Is that what you did? Is, is handpick the good places? Oh yeah, especially like in Warsaw, there was a, what was it? A, um, a a restaurant, the only restaurant we went to that wasn't really Polish based, and we got all these sort of craft beers at. Mm-hmm. It was like Indian food. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I wouldn't expect to see Indian food, but I guess you know the international cuisine uh, for all. Well, where people. we were in Warsaw, where the the Airbnb was, there were a lot of different Asian restaurants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also. Okay. Yeah. You're but talking not, about, not Ando, you're team. talking about the one down in the basement that we went down and, uh, yeah, you guys went twice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the first time, the first time we weren't able to get a seat. So. Yeah, that would, they had really a good beer selection down there. Okay. Um, uh, but you know, it was. It seemed like you were kind of out of place. It wasn't like what you would expected being in Europe. It was kind of going to like going to an American uh, 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 brew pub or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is fine, but uh, uh, you know, when you go that far, you figure, well, like something a little more exotic if it's available. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I experienced a similar thing. This summer, last summer, when I went to Ireland, I expected that everywhere I'd go, all I'd get was Guinness and, you know, Irish beer, uh, you know, that I could get here, which was, you know, okay, fine. I'm fine with Guinness. But then when I showed up and I started looking around and seeing that that every single town we went to had a craft brewery. And for the most part, these craft breweries were really good and made very good beer of of a variety of styles, not styles that aren't what you would expect to see in Ireland. And, you know, we visited a lot of, of uh, you know, we, we went to the Underground, which was a, a nice pub in, in uh, Dublin that had some very, very nice rotating taps of all kinds of different styles that were really top-notch beers from around the world. Uh, you know, so I, I was shocked that I was able to find so many uh, modern styles and very good representations of, of craft beer in Ireland when I expected I'd only be drinking Guinness and Kilkenny and Smithwick's and you know all the all the different Irish beers. So it was good. So I, I guess I should assume that even in Pol, you know, in uh, Warsaw, Krakow, and 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 Prague, that they would also have similar craft beer bars that would would serve these varieties. 
Okay, that's all the questions that I had. Is there anything that we haven't already asked you that you wanted to, uh, you know, give us more information that our listeners might find interesting if they want to plan a trip to these European cities? My run regret is that we did not visit more bakeries and get pastries. But I think it was because, you know, the... Dinners were all starches, mm-hmm. too. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, you'd walk by and they would look beautiful. Oh, yeah. And, <sighs> and I, I regret it. I regret it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I guess one question I didn't ask. After the two weeks of this vacation, uh, did you have to shed some pounds when you got back to the States or were you okay? <laughs> I mean, all, I mean uh, in general. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, I think yeah, I've gained more is, now with this pandemic than I gained then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think one thing that really helped us out there was uh, we did a lot of walking. We never used, uh, I don't think we ever used a bus or, or, except in London, we never used a subway or a tram car or anything. We walked everywhere. Um and I like to walk. Tara, everybody here, like we mm-hmm. love to walk. Yeah. So uh, we burned a lot of calories walking. Um, and actually, oh, uh, Tara, why don't you why don't you talk about that little brewery in uh, Warsaw after the cemetery? What do you want me to say about it? <laughs> oh, you well, you were talking to me, saying, "Hey, I need to mention that." So uh, no, no, you were saying that we didn't go to any breweries, and I was saying, "No, we did go to breweries." But they were very American-esque. <laughs> yeah. Mm. You know, that that one, you know, it had an IPA on tap and whatever. Okay. And the pub food was sort of like, you know, the pub food you would get here in yeah. that kind of place. Yeah, well, they probably are ad- adopting a lot of American uh, styles uh but everything was half this is what i remember about is everything was half price on because it was a monday (laughs) ah nice nice plan normally (laughs) so that was good yeah so the beer would cost like a third of what it cost you know if we went to a place in this country Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i love the prices there eastern europe the prices are great so if you're looking for a, a reasonably priced vacation uh, as far as accommodations and food and beer, that's definitely the place to go. A lot cheaper than, say, Germany or England or yeah. whatever. Although the day we did stop in uh, London, I did get to uh, re-appreciate the fact that if you order a pint, you get 20 ounces yes. and not oh, 16. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The 20-ounce pint is very nice. Very nice. <laughs> okay. One thing I yeah. – I, I noticed was I was kind of hoping that I had a few ciders over there and I was hoping that they would be less sweet than mm-hmm. American ciders, but it's, it is pretty much the same amount of sweetness. Okay. So they didn't, you were hoping to get something more in the, uh, the realm of Strongbow, where it's like super dry, right? Strongbow, super dry. Strong. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I've never had Strongbow. <laughs> oh, you have? Oh. It's kind of sweet. It's, I think I, I think that's still too sweet. I like super, super dry. Okay. What's, what's, what's the place in West Virginia 
Hawknob. Hawknob. Oh, if you Hawknob. want a if you want a nice dry cider, that's where you go. Okay. Hawknob. Hawknob in uh, West Virginia. What's the name of the town? Starts with an L. Le Lewiston or Lewiston, West Virginia. I think Virginia. it's Lewiston. Um, here I drink a lot of, if I'm going to go buy a cider, I drink Graft, which is from upstate New York. That one's also really dry. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I obviously don't know my, uh, my ciders. I, I thought, I mean, I had an extra dry Strongbow, which seemed pretty dry to me, uh, when I was over in, in that area. Uh, so, but I don't know, maybe I just had the one that was like super dry. Yeah. I I don't know if I've had that one. Yeah. I should try it. Yeah, well, it's uh, it was a little too dry for me. I mean, it's good, but I I don't like to when I drink something that to have all the moisture in my in my <laughs> cheeks disappear and feel like I have a uh, you know cotton mouth. Uh, it's not the best. No. But. Yeah, the hawk knob is like drinking uh, uh, like a root champagne. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And if you do go to Europe or anywhere, Andel is the one to take with you because she finds all the good places. She does all the research. Okay. And finds all the good spots. <laughs> yeah, and, and I will second that. If uh, uh, I will trust Andel's uh, judgment uh, 110%. Uh, <laughs> she's the one that uh, on the ground is finding the right uh, bars to go to, the right breweries the right restaurants and all of that the right for, dives <laughs> yeah okay. both for value and for uh you know the, the what what's available the experience uh, yes okay, okay this yeah is, she is really good at that this is good information so andel you can you can come back without your your family uh, <laughs> in, in the future and we can focus on you giving us your tips and tricks to finding the perfect venues when you're out traveling, because I think that would be that's that's the hardest thing is to is the Wait, because mom and I had this lovely vacation when we went to Wyoming and Colorado this year. We found some good places. She helps. And where are we going next, Standell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so it 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 kind of works like a team. I I usually do the big picture. I, I plan out the 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 high level agenda with the <laughs> where we're gonna go and uh, with the days and all of that. Tara does like the day to day activities. We're gonna go to this park. We're gonna go. We have to go eat somewhere. We have to then do this, and then uh, Andel fills in the 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 you know the real fine points in in there. So it's and kind of ambiance. Yeah, yeah comic relief. Yeah, <laughs> she goes with the flow. Yeah, no, that's good. You need to have all all the pieces of the puzzle to make it a perfect uh, perfect trip. Well, good. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, I really appreciate you all taking the time out to talk about your craft beer journeys and your European adventures. Uh, but you know what? It is getting late, and I feel bad keeping you guys up so late, especially when you got to go to school and work the next day. So let's go ahead and bring the show to a close. But before that, I always like to ask our listeners and our hosts, uh, or actually our hosts, uh, to, if, you, if there's anything you want to raise a glass to, any, any person or any event or anything you want to give a toast to before we sign off. So uh, let's start with you, Tara. Is there anything you'd like to raise a glass to tonight? 
yes, I would like to raise a glass to Tamara Holland and the women of Craft Beer Girls B&B Maryland. Oh. It's a Facebook group that does meetups and it it's and I actually I've never been to a physical meetup. I've kind of gotten involved after this whole thing. So they've mm-hmm. been doing some Zoom meetups. Okay. And it's a the community is very slim similar to the tap the craft community. They are friendly, they're loving, and they're non-judgmental. Oh, good. So it's just they're just a delightful group. Oh, good. Okay, well, I'll raise a glass of that too. That's mm-hmm. great. Great. Okay, Andell, how about you? Anyone anything you want to raise a glass to tonight? I want to raise a glass to all the local breweries. So at least in Harford County, there's this, um, actually, I think it's spreading now, but there's this website called Beer Me. Uh Mom might know the appropriate spelling, but it helps set up uh, breweries to have pickup orders and deliveries. So I've had a bunch of beer deliveries from one of my favorite beer uh, breweries, Slate, as well as I can walk to two breweries from my apartment. So at least I've gotten some crawlers from them. Nice. Okay, that's good. Yeah, Beer Me is here. We have it here also. There's some uh, breweries that are using it to to arrange for beer pickups. So I think it's like around the nation. A good good little app to, to help out. So cheers to that. Okay, Haven, how about you? Anything uh, you'd like to raise a glass to? Um, I'd like to raise a glass to my cousin Issa, who's a nurse on the front lines oh, in yeah. New Jersey. Okay. And all the other healthcare workers and grocery store workers and delivery drivers keeping this country together right now that's right yeah i'll I'll raise a glass of that for sure yeah we couldn't we couldn't get by without them all helping uh you know working through all this and and i really appreciate it too so cheers okay jim how about you what do you you have to raise a glass to tonight i want to raise my glass to chris oh uh i don't think chris gets gets enough love here so uh (laughs) i want to raise my uh, glass to chris for uh coming up with that uh virtual bottle share yes uh i think that's a great uh way to uh have us get together and hopefully uh it hopefully it's something maybe we can continue maybe not exactly on that schedule depending on how things go but uh you know at least periodically it's a good way for us to get together and i think uh uh, you'll find a lot more people getting attracted to it as the word gets out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Jim. I appreciate that. All right. Well, yeah. yeah I, you know what, Chris? Hey, I appreciate you too, even though maybe I don't say it as much, but I raise my glass to you too. <laughs> well, thanks, man. So, so Chris, who would you like to raise a glass to tonight? Uh, and just touching on uh, what Jim brought up, that, that Zoom meeting, I want to raise a glass to everybody that, that took them took some time even if you guys just took a couple minutes just to drop in and say hello, uh, it was really cool to do to do that. And I'm really excited about the next one because, uh, you know, we're learning that it's like, hey, we, we need to create an event for it and get the information out, you know, more than like a day or two <laughs> <laughs> at a time. Um, but we've actually we've, we've been doing that personally, too, uh, with just uh you know, relatives and stuff like that. And it's been making this, uh, this whole pandemic a little less insane. Um, so I do want to raise, like I said, want to raise a glass to everybody took a few minutes just to hop on, say hello. Uh, those of you that stuck it out through the whole thing. And that was, that was a blast. And, uh, you're, you're right. Marty and, uh, 
Marty and what's his face, uh, Brett, Brad. Bart. I Bart. think it's Bart. Yeah. Uh, they they definitely they definitely stole the whole show, especially <laughs> the section that I I took a little recording of the of the meeting, and it was uh, somebody saying I think Marty was telling telling us that yeah. Bart got me socks for Christmas and I'm wearing those. And then, and then Bart was like, yeah. And Marty got me underwear and I'm wearing those. Uh, it was good stuff. So, yeah. but so cheers to you guys for coming out and uh, look forward to seeing everybody on the next one on the 26th. Yeah. yeah. So Denny can't leave you out. No, no, no. Who, yeah. Uh, who, uh, who would you like to raise a glass to this evening? Well, yes, I also, uh, just want to raise my glass to all those who participated in our, our first virtual meetup. I had a great time and I really enjoy uh, the, you know, the little informal, uh, you know, you get to see us behind the scene, you know, behind the scenes, I guess. Right. Because uh, mm-hmm. there's no filter. I can't cut out anything that uh, is going nope. live. So you guys see my mishaps, you know, when I, you know, my, my, my daughter called me out on, uh, on, uh, on the Baltimore thing or someone did, I think it was my daughter that, you know, Baltimore's in Maryland. I'm like, yeah, I knew that. Oh I yeah. Know. I don't know what yeah. I was thinking, but you know, I had a few beers in me, and so yeah, my my tongue tends to slip. So, but hey, it is fun. It's great to see people, uh, you know, face to face, almost you know, on the camera, and to hear their voices, and to be mm-hmm. able to, to have them ask us questions and us ask them questions to get to know each other a little bit more. Uh, you know, I, I love it, and I am definitely in the community. So thank you, Chris, for arranging that, and I hope that. Uh, you know, there's more people that can, uh, you know, to join us in the next coming ep- uh, versions of it and that we can, you know, meet more and more of our listeners. I would also love to be able to have some of our international listeners uh, yeah. just get on for a few minutes. I know that the, the hours are going to be late, maybe too early in the morning. But if you could just, uh, you know, come on for five minutes and let us just chat with you, uh, it'd be great if you can do that. Well, I, I don't think they have any excuse. Tom Byrne was delivering kids that night, and he still got That's on true. There. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was good. And, uh, and, and, of course, I need to raise my glass to the whole Cutso uh, Carlson family here for coming on and spending the, af- the evening with us and sharing a little bit of your family history in beer and, uh, and, your, and your, your adventures in Europe. I really appreciate you guys doing that and taking the time and – uh, you know your your family is uh, is a, has a special place in my uh, in my heart because uh, I just love interacting with all of you, uh, even you know even with you Haven with our little bit of interactions on Untap because you don't post very much I still uh, really enjoy that and Andel with all your your you know brewery visits in in Phoenix and seeing all kinds of beers that I uh, never saw before it's it's great to be able to interact with you guys and now you just got to get your your son Jim to. Uh, you know, to start drinking craft beer too and, and using untapped and we can have the whole family. Okay. Well, uh, also I don't want to forget to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there who are protecting our freedoms. Uh, again, you know, we're focused on the pandemic right now, but there, you know, that's the, the main focus, but there's also protection of our, you know, of our, our regular freedoms. And that can't be done without all the servicemen and women out there sacrificing their time and lives to protect our freedoms. So I raise my glass to you. And I don't know, Chris, what do you want to do about our sponsors? Uh, we're going to skip them. We're going to skip the sponsors this week? Yeah. Okay. Well, then let's just go ahead and close this show out. Uh, you can find the beers uh, in the show notes located on the show post com. And if you want to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw. 
And uh, Chris, how can our listeners follow you? So you can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82 or untapped and Instagram at MCK one, three, four, five. Or of course you can always interact with us on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash tap the craft. People can certainly follow me on untapped, but I have no clue what my, uh, uh, my name, my reference name is on there, but uh, I'm sure I suppose if, I suppose if you do a search on my actual name, it'll pop up somewhere, right? Yeah, it's not hard to find you on there. All right. And I think mine is T-B-C-A-R-L-S, I think. <laughs> or you can search through my friend's page or Denny's friend's page, and it'll be easier to find them. Just type in. I, I think, Jim, you're actually in there under James. All right. Yeah, James. Then, yeah, James, but it's Jay Kutzel. Mm-hmm. So right. if you just type search for their names in my friends list or Denny's friends list on Untap, they yeah. will definitely pop up. Yeah, TB. Yeah, more, more, more than happy to be friends with anybody who's interested. So uh, uh, feel free to to do a request. Especially if you write long, wonderful descriptions of your beers, I love <laughs> reading that. Or take pictures. Okay. Oh, or take good pictures. Yep. Yeah. Like that too. Okay, I need I need more good pictures. I take pictures, but not good ones. But I do do good descriptions of my beers. But uh, I I found Endell's. I don't know if you want Girl with Fire. I just I just outed you. <laughs> I love that. I don't know if you want it, but and, it's good. <laughs> and and Haven is uh, C floor map. <laughs> I barely post on there. I'm not interesting enough. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I just wanted to give give everyone out there to. Have some more, you know, have some fun follows on Untapped. Okay, it is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. And we ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, or Google Play. And, of course, now on Spotify or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers. Excellent. Good job. Am I saying uh, I, I'm I, I'm not good with names. I was saying Andel. Is it on Andal? What's the proper pronunciation? Andel is right. Andel. Oh, okay. No, I, I just like... want to hear the parents confirm it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we defined it. So yeah, yeah, you were right to begin with. Oh, okay, okay, because it sounded like when Haven uh, mentioned it was Andal, so I didn't know if she's pronounced oh, it a little differently. That, um, <laughs> that I that's should only have... when we're being fancy. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, that's the fancy talk. Gotcha. <laughs>